This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's the C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor, and each week I hang out with my homeboys, Cody Lashney, to my right or to the left, whatever way I'm looking. He's my wheel man. What's up, bro? How you doing? Tony Dunn, I'm doing good. I may or may not have to get a tooth pulled tomorrow morning. But whatever, dude, such is life, you know? Uh, the Panthers released a bombshell of a news statement today, something that we have all been asking for. Uh, man, it was really, it came out of nowhere. I think we all kind of didn't think that any kind of uniform changes would be happening. But lo and behold, man, here we are. Uh, we've got five good questions that are surrounding this team that we're going to answer tonight. But Tony Dunn, you already know that we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. You already know him and love him. It's Anthony Price, Blake Bredis, the Grim Reaper, Hector Macho Camacho, Jeremy Clancy, Joey the Blind, Panther Esquivel, Lynn Leonhart, Tar Heel Eel, White Chocolate Espresso, Why Big Jordan, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Yeah, we got a fantastic show for you tonight. We are going to be talking. We're going to start the show off with uh, the new helmets and uh, the dark side video and all of that. So don't worry. But we're also getting ready for training camp, which is next week, starts on Wednesday. So it's like a week and a day, one week away. Five questions facing the Carolina Panthers heading into training camp. I'm sure there are more. These are the ones that we thought of that were on our minds. We're going to talk about is the QB battle for real? Uh, should we, you know, keep the kid gloves and protect Mr. Bubble Boy Christian McCaffrey, or is it just time to throw him out there and hope for the best? Who will step into the limelight, the spotlight? Will it be Terrence Marshall Jr., somebody else? And YGM, can he be a starter, or is it going to be a veteran's job like Marquise Haynes, rotational? Can we see a second-year player like YGM jump in there? And everybody wants to know what that offensive line is. Is going to look like. So we want to hear your thoughts on those questions. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. And let us know what's on your mind heading into training camp. I want to go ahead and shout out Lynn Leonhart. She sent us a little donation on PayPal today. Very, very kind, very thoughtful. She said, just want to show my love for the C3, C3 crew forever. You can support the show by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing to the channel, and there are ways to donate. It's in the show notes. 
We have Cash App. We have PayPal. We have Patreon. We have some different things. We don't ever beg for it. We don't ask for it, but we do appreciate it. And thank you right away to a super chat right off the bat. Who do we got here? Zach Baker. Yeah, Zach Baker says, you heard me. 10 wins this season. Also, DJ Moore's rating on the new Madden is disrespectful. Isn't it always, Zach? They're never going to give our guy the credit until he gets someone uh, really good slaying him the rock. So, thank you, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and again, just thank you for everyone's support. Just being part of the channel, being part of the community. And thank you, my man, the voice that makes it moist, CK, for coming back for another C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be uh, able to talk about the Carolina Panthers for yet another week. But there's something that's even more exciting, and that is that we are exactly one week away from the Panthers reporting for training camp. So there's a lot of questions we have to answer. There's a lot of concerns we have with the team. Uh, but all in all, it's always good to know that the Panthers are going to be on the field, practicing, uh, getting better, hopefully battling out, giving us some answers about what to expect moving forward with this season. I'm glad to be uh, here to chop it up with you boys. We had such a powerhouse offseason. This show has been growing tremendously. Our goal is to get to 5,000 subs- or 4,000 subscribers by training camp, or by, the, by, by the season's kickoff. We're like 200 subscribers away. 220 away it can really be done and i'm talking about this is that not only is that goal achievable but the growth and the support that we've had in the offseason i cannot wait like ck said to actually see some thudding out there on the football field and to have some real real things to talk about beyond speculation just uh, our feelings but to really i can't wait for the first post game show this year i'm really excited uh to get some football back and i tell you one thing i was really excited when Greg dropped this intro and we got a couple of more gems coming to you later in the show. I'm sure Joey, the blind Panther was very excited to hear the growl that makes him how being part of the introduction. I've already seen a lot of good comments in the chat room, Greg, welcome back. And thank you uh, for your creative input. Oh man. Always really, really fun time, dude. It it's getting so close to football season. I can smell it in the air. It's like, uh, I wake up and I feel differently now we're we're, like, I'm starting to look at tickets and looking into buying jerseys and really diving into the news for football. Now it's so exciting. And I think this is going to be a big year for the Panthers. I really do. I've already got my playoff beard started. Looking nice and lush. So it should be down to about, you know, here by here by uh, (laughs) February. Put them in some braids. Yeah, I know it's fantasy time, man. I'm telling you, like where I'm starting to get it's the season. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, football is in the air. And next week we're going to have real football or at least practice to talk about. In fact, tonight, before we jump in, just tomorrow night, eight o'clock, uh, join me with Shuler Callahan for the beat check. Depending on Cody is he is TBA, depending on how his day goes tomorrow. But still, we're bringing the beat check. We're going to be bringing you debate my takes. But tomorrow night, we're going to check in with Shula Callahan from SI um, and covers the Panthers. Really smart, smart guy and asked some really, uh, you know, kind of penetrating and intellectual questions in those post conferences or in those press conferences. So I'll be interested to see what he's in, is looking forward to with this camp and some of his thoughts on the direction of this team. So ton to talk about tonight. We want to go ahead and jump into it. And really, I mean, um, you know, the, it's kind of cool, Cody, as we were prepping for the show yesterday and we were like, and you put, you sent me the message or the picture of the Texans helmet 
and you were like, we got to talk about this damn how these other teams yeah. are doing all this junk and all this fire. And then today, this morning, I, I, get, I get done. Oh, I was like at work. I show up in the work or whatever. I check my stuff and boom. Uh, people are going crazy. I mean, and people are tagging us, which is awesome. This I love this is because I didn't have like his people like, hey, this is what's happening, folks. C3 Panthers podcast. Check this out. And the new hats, the black cats. We're finally black. It's the blackout. Is the bad luck broken? I think this is the reason we had six, uh, poor success in the blackout uniforms because they weren't fully complete. Yeah, they weren't completed. We needed the black tops. Uh, this is something that Panther fans have been screaming for. Uh, you know, a, a Panther is black. It's pitch black. And the fact that we were... I mean, basically the last team really to jump on the black helmet train, man. Even the Saints earlier this year put out a black helmet alternate. So we were wondering when it would finally be our turn. Uh, and they did it, man. They did it. They they delivered. They're bringing back the black helmets. Uh, it's only going to be for one game this season. It'll be Thursday night football against the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, it, it'll be an opportunity for us to make it mean something. And it's been a long time coming, man. And you can already hear people starting to pound the drum to make this our official helmet, that people really like this helmet that much. I love it. Um, I mean, I really don't have a negative thing to say about it. I, I think it is absolutely perfect because it's minimalist. I've said this before, a pure black helmet with just our Panther logo, it looks so incredible. It's like a Panther with the moonlight shining Clean. down on him and right, right before he's about to pounce on you and just absolutely take you out for dinner. Man, I, I love it, man. I think mm. it's incredible. The matte black, too, instead of it being gloss, like super high gloss. I like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just everything about yeah. a black helmet yeah. screams great. I've always loved the Ravens full black uniforms. I think it just looks so intimidating. I don't know why, but I, I love it. I, I hope that it becomes more than a one time thing, and I think it will. Yeah, matte uh, black is cool. The gloss, I, I think in this is CK is like the finally what I'm most happy about this is we don't have to argue about it anymore. We don't have to cry. We don't have to hear fine you know, every for right. the last seven years, all I hear are these like mock-ups of it's like oh check out this mock helmet or whatever what do they call them like these spec spec helmet like oh this spec right. helmet yep. the fan spec art spec uniform yeah and you're like and then that'll be a bazillion hours of people talking on twitter or wherever about how we need we got it ck what do you 100%. think 100 dude it's 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 slick it's it's like you said it's simple but it's also it, it it's it's exactly what I think we all imagined it would be. Like if 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 we had like our say in how the helmet was going to look. Um, and I think uh, you know Greg Greg had said that he believes this is going to be a multi game thing. Obviously not this year since it's only uh, one year or one one game scheduled this year on November twentieth or whatever day it is. That's really close to the end of the year already. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be much of a benefit uh, outside of that one game this year. But I'll tell you what, man, I think the fan reaction to this is 
going to make it difficult for them to not make this a regular uh, appearance. Yeah, uh, it would just be uniform. ridiculous, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, if you see, like, it, is that, in fact, I'm even surprised that there's been a couple of people in here that said they messed up the logo with the blue T. I mean, and that's kind of a, these are some nitpicks, but the, like, the, I didn't and even I actually could, I can understand, like, it? some of those nitpicks is I could the, see the, the different things the teeth are like, a different color. Like a silk. There's no silver in it. Maybe a touch yeah, of yeah, silver yeah. could be cool or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, there's ways that it could be, I'm sure, better. But here's the thing is that we finally got the black on black on black. Mm-hmm. And really, this is like a 99.9% approval rating among Panther fans. I mean, to the point where people are like, like let's just make this our uniform. <laughs> Full-time uniform. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either yeah, all you're black right, or all yeah. white. Yeah. I would have never have noticed that until you brought it up that the te- the fangs are not white like they normally are. Uh, maybe I would I would do the original logo, but dude, I don't even care if it was this. I'm not complaining about it. Right. And listen, th- there's a lot of things that we could say about David Tepper, but I do think if you even look back at Panther fans wanting the Panther in the middle of Bank of America Stadium, mm-hmm. opposed, uh, as opposed to the NFL logo. David Tepper really has done a good job of trying to put his finger on the pulse, at least. Maybe not roster-wise or coaching staff-wise, but as far as aesthetics and things that people like pertaining to uh, you know, the Panthers team, I think he's done a good job at that. So it wouldn't surprise me if sometime, sometime down the road uh, this is being considered to be a more permanent thing. Yeah. yeah with the... Panthers, as of recent, they've been doing the black bottoms and the white tops, which I've never really been a huge fan of. But I think the black bottoms, the white tops with this helmet will we'll help it. Change it up. We'll help yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Right. It always just felt like when you tried to mix up our uniform, that the silver helmet, like the traditional helmet, just kind of interfered with the mix mm-hmm. up. Like you should have just stuck with what worked well at right. that point. So like that black, white, and then the silver was kind of the, like you're saying, I think this will complete it. It real, I'm just hoping this is that, uh, somebody pointed out, we're only wearing them once you guys mentioned, um, but there's only one primetime game. You don't want to overdo the black on black on black unless you do make it the full-time uniform, right? Because what you can't do, like they talk about with the heat, like there's just no way you're playing really? summer games. But we never do that anyway. If you make, notice, make the your... first, yeah, like the first three three or four weeks that the Panthers play in Charlotte, mm-hmm. they're always wearing the white uniforms, even mm-hmm. if they're here. So, okay. So, all right, so that's a great point. So we're not, like, we're not, we, we know there's going to be more, but the thing is this, is there only, you kind of want to, have a specialness to it like it's like a you save it if you bring out the good booze on the special occasion type thing if you wear it too frequently it just becomes normal it doesn't become like the cool thing one time a year i know is small but that's just because we're only in one primetime game and talk about is there any is is there anything more quintessentially representative of thursday night football than the Panthers and Falcons this year. And I hate, I mean, I'm hoping the Panthers have a good year. I think there's a, a possibility they could, but we know historically Thursday night games are just injury ridden, snore fest. I mean, we've actually had some good ones in the last year or so, but for a long time, they were just horrendous beat downs or snoozers. This is not the most exciting primetime game, the Panthers versus the Falcons. 
and it's later in the season too when most people are expecting that neither of these like teams are going yeah. to be, yeah, be very good. So it's easy to kind of say that on the surface, but I don't know. Yeah, we could get this. surprised. We could be surprised yeah, well, by that. Point. And not even us just being surprised, but just the fact that we're breaking out these first black helmets against our hated division rival, who, by the way, also has a black helmet. Yeah. You know, and we have this stigma that, you know, me and Tony go back and forth. Are they cursed? Are they not cursed? Are we always jinxed to lose in black? Is the black helmet the final piece of the pie that makes them no longer cursed? I don't know. The fact that it's all against Atlanta, it's it's kind of fun. It's the final infinity stone. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. I don't know enough about that. Who's that guy? Uh, Thanos. Thanos. Hey. I don't know. But is that maybe that was the problem? Maybe it wasn't the black on black. Maybe it was the silver hex. <laughs> helmet. Hey, I do want to say, though, this game is like week 10 or 11 of the season. It's not that late. It's almost mid-season, just a little past is it November 10th? This, yeah, this could be like a make-or-break game for us, to be honest with you. This could be one of those ones where like, we're looking at it like, okay, we're going to be a serious team, or we're yeah. done. Yeah. You know? Or like, yeah, I mean, we could, could be I mean, in many ways, we don't know how the season would unfold. It's just kind of like the general theory is that the Falcons are going to stink and that the Panthers – at least outside of Panther Nation, thinks the Panthers are going to stink too. So it's like not the one you're marking on the calendar. But for me, it's a really important one. My birthday is the next day, so it's like a cool game. Like it might be the well, one. It's also to. it's also cool to have it be on you know the first season that Amazon's going to be hosting Thursday Night Football as well. Right, like part like the whole year, right? Right, the and whole they, year. Yeah. You're going to have Al Michaels. Uh, you're going to. I mean, I think there's yeah. going to be a conversation about it. And the fact is. This is one of the first times I think that they're going to have where Thursday night football is pretty much going to be accessible to everyone since pretty much everyone has Amazon Prime. Like, right. Like, there's yeah. not many people out there that don't. So they're going to have access to this. Whereas before it was the NFL network, there wasn't a lot of people that had access to that on a Thursday. I night. had trouble. I was one of those people. I actually right. had trouble getting it. Is that, and then you used to have direct TV. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, uh, then it was the add-on, and I wasn't going to play the add-on when I just watch everything on the internet anyway. Um, I finally did start, like, I got those Thursday nights games when Amazon did it, and you try to illegally stream it other ways. But you're right, Amazon, I think, is widespread enough. It would be like if Netflix had it. Right. It's probably common enough. By the way, can I just platform. say, dude, especially this picture right here with Brian Burns, Look how cold that shit is, man. Yeah. Dude, just the all black, the pitch black, and the blue stripes on top. Dude, I just love it, man. I love yeah. it. I, I mean, listen, I, I complain a lot when it comes to the Panthers sometimes. But when it comes time to give them credit, you have to give them credit. They heard us. I think this is awesome. I really have not heard or Anybody. seen... Yeah, like I really have not seen anyone be negative about these about these helmets or even be down about it. Like it's unanimously seen as the dopest. It's like what took so long. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. All right. I want to talk about one last thing before we move on to the five questions facing the Carolina Panthers heading in the training camp. I think that one of and I'm it's kind of like I'm gonna parallel this off this this picture right here is that I think that the go ahead and expect the Carolina Panthers to go ahead and pay Brian Burns big money. 
I really feel like he has been front and center on their PR campaign for the last Mm -hmm. year and a half. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, if you look at the two players that they used to drop this, it was Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. And like, it's like these are right now. I think that, I mean, no Shaq Thompson, right? And not that like, but like, I really think, and you're talking about Burns, who's in his fifth year option, I believe. Like it's time for them to get the deal done. You know, it's like, there's not like, is if he, if you don't do it soon, he's going to hit free agency. And then, I mean, if he has a big year this year, uh, it's going to cost a bazillion, even more dollars. Mm-hmm. I just really feel like this, him being on the front and center of the face. This is like right now, he might be the face of the franchise, to be honest. Right. I mean, you know, no Christian yeah. McCaffrey. We, we remember when we said, Oh, it we was cut Christian Cam and was, it was everywhere. Christian. Yep. Yeah. We knew we and, knew that Cam Newton was no we were like thinking it is that offseason that rule was hired where we were seeing a very concerted effort to put Christian McCaffrey front and center yeah. in everything. Um and you're you're seeing a similar thing here with uh with Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. Like it's it's hard to yes. discount Jeremy Chin in this. Chin is is a is an outlier in that he is he had a very good rookie season. He had a decent year last year, but fans love him. Like, absolutely love yeah. Jeremy Chin. Like, I think that Jeremy Chin, if he can turn it up a notch, he's going to have the similar love that we gave to Luke and to Thomas. Um, and uh, I think you're going to see that uh, play out uh, over the next few seasons. I, I think Chin is, is clearly going to be a face of the franchise moving forward as well, as he is uh, also in, in this uh, in this uh, presentation, if you will. Yeah, I'm trying to get to a picture of him while you're talking. Yeah, so Brian... Yeah. I- Literally, CK stole the words out of my mouth. I think that Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin have really been a large focus of the, you know, when, when the when the team presents these guys to us, it's a lot of Brian Burns and it's a lot of Jeremy Chin. I mean, even just recently, I saw a video they were doing stuff at Levine's Children's Hospital and Jeremy Chin was front and center. And, and I just agree. I think right now these two are the clear leaders of our defense. And it even goes back, you know, guys, when we paid Dante Jackson and DJ Moore, one of the things that Scott Fitterer said is that, you know, they feel like they really have an obligation to reward the players that they've drafted and that has have been working their butts off for the Carolina Panthers. And that's how you build, you know, uh, uh, an actual culture and a locker room where, new guys are drafted into uh, into the locker room, and it's a little bit easier on them because of the presence of a Jeremy Chen, because of like, the presence of a Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, feel but, like it's a bit odd that they didn't have an offensive presence with this presentation? Like, you know, you did pay DJ Moore to be the guy, right? Wouldn't you want to have a DJ Moore? And I feel like DJ Moore would look fire in this as well. Or do you think they were really looking for those those really tall and like they were looking right. for a body type more so than just a face. You think so. the theme of the dark side just didn't fit DJ more. Offense, like he's yeah. such a or the offense. wholesome. So, you know, he's like just a wholesome guy. Like he never complains. He's just always smiling. He just always, it's like, he doesn't have a dark side. And so the whole I'm, video was about the dark side. I'm 100% on Lynn Leon Hart's side on this. I think that the Panther helmets, the pitch black, they're so badass and aggressive. It just screams defense. 
You know what I mean? It's more yes. impressive. It's more. It's more in your face. It's like so I said, the I, the Ravens. So that's why the Ravens are so intimidating. I think it's it's crazy how much yeah, more intimidating it looks. Also, even even the Steelers. Yes, they have a black helmet too. I, I, dude, I'm telling you, this has been uh, so, it's been very long overdue. Um, yeah, I, dude. Again, me and Lynn, we're vibing. She said, "Stealth speed equals defense." I love it. I you know I, I think that all of our guys are gonna look fire in the black. Um, and yeah, like I said, I. I think you're and it's continue. our identity right now. To be yeah. honest, like, is that there is, d- despite, I mean, about DJ Moore is about the only good thing that has been kind of constant on our team. And even people have been critical of him at times of having the dropsies or something, not scoring enough touchdowns or whatever it may be. But, like, is that even our best, the best player on the team, Christian McCaffrey, has just been unavailable so long. It's just like, the Panthers' offense just isn't exciting until it gets better, you know. And right yeah. now, the the only good things is like everything has been about the defense, about the defense, or at least that's what we're building on. And if it's probably the only thing that's kept Matt Rule's job, to be honest, is that the defense has gotten better so significantly each year under his leadership with Phil Snow. So. Um, all right, yeah. let's go ahead and jump into the main part of the show. We'll go ahead and knock out a question before we get to some different parts of the, the segments. But we uh training camp one week away. Five questions facing the Carolina Panthers heading into training camp. You can weigh in on these questions by calling into the cat calls line. The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Let's start with the biggest one is, or at least for me, it's the question is the quarterback position until we, until we get a quarterback, we don't have a quarterback, right? And now we've got so many quarterbacks on the roster. They continue to tell us that this is a competition, that uh, competition breeds greatness. Uh, The Carolina Panthers recently traded for Baker Mayfield. And then uh, the national media has kind of latched onto a couple of I think out of context statements by Jake DeLome, uh, Jake DeLome just basically said is that Sam Darnold has a leg up on Mayfield at the moment because he's more familiar with the playbook. He's had time with McAdoo and he's been able to learn the verbiage in a system that's a West Coast system while Mayfield has not operated in a West Coast system. I think kind of a simplistic because if you go back to his college his college days under Lincoln Riley is a spread offense. You know what I'm saying? They're firing it everywhere. So it's not like he's just incapable. It's just a question of how quick, how familiar. And the way that they set this up on the, the radio interview with Jake DeLome is that they kind of see Darnold having the kind of maybe taking the reps early on in camp and then Mayfield's like with the ones and then Mayfield's as he becomes more familiar supplanting him. But you saw pro football talk. You see a bunch of the national. They can look at that one quote right here, and they say Sam Darnold looks to be ahead. So they're trying to get a discussion going. Is this competition real, guys? Because uh, I don't think it is. I think it's a farce. I think it's Mayfield or nothing at this point. 100% fake. I, I completely agree with you. I don't think you trade for Baker Mayfield if you're not going to start him. It, it, what's the point in trading for Baker Mayfield if you're not going to start him? He can't be worse than Sam Darnold. I think you could give him no playbook and no practice and no time with the team, and he could probably still be as good as Sam Darnold. 
Sam Darnold's seeing ghosts, man. He's messed up psychologically. There's something in his head, football wise, that's just not that he gets flustered and he's just not working. You know. And I, I don't want to go ahead. I have a fear. I think that it is a competition, and I'm going to tell you why. I think that Sam Darnold is an incredible camp quarterback. I think he's an incredible preseason quarterback. I think he starts the year out decent in most of his seasons, right? The problem then becomes they're going to use training camp as a leg to stand on to say Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, right? And I don't think that's a fair assessment because when you look at the actual pudding that he's putting on the plate, it is not coming out as anything but runny, right? It's just not there. There's no substance to it. Um, and, 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 and Baker has put that on the field before. Now, the argument is how good is Baker Mayfield? That's an argument that we can have all day, every day, right? But on, on paper, on tape, on pretty much every capacity you can think of, Baker Mayfield is the better quarterback. But I do have a fear that this team and this coaching staff sees this as a real competition as opposed to Baker Mayfield, the guy. I can't believe it. And the reason I can't, but man, I felt like they have written Sam Darnold. Now, I don't want to completely write off Sam Darnold as a per. Like, I think it's just unfair to to be like that to people. Is but like, you're a bust, you're done, you're crap, you suck. And it's just so easy to say that he's just terrible and this and that, right? I mean, we is it's just like internet talk in some ways. But at the same time, this front office has written Sam Darnold off so much. I mean, they came out from the very beginning of at the end of the season saying we got to get better at quarterback. They didn't say, oh, we got to do more to help Sam get better and give him time. They said, we got to add to this room. We are adding to this room. We want people. We want. They have aggressively courted Deshaun Watson. They have aggressively gone after, um, well, somewhat aggressively in the in the draft with Matt Corral. Then they have, uh, on top of that, traded for Baker Mayfield. And they just shit talk Sam Darnold the whole time. Like, and that's fine. I mean, I know he hasn't given him a ton of reason not to, but it just seems bizarre to like to have, I mean, those two faces on the sidelines together is just going to be who look, who would look like that more appropriate wearing the hat. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if you, what kind of stones would you have to have? If you're, would you think that Matt rule is a baller? If he actually had the guts to say we're starting Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield, I would be like, God, maybe this guy does have balls. Well, my thing is this. I I agree with Greg is that I don't think there's an actual competition. I think that this was 100% done to save uh, Matt Rule's job. And I think that uh, he has yet again put his name on the quarterback. And I think that he's going to have to roll uh, with Baker Mayfield. However, and again, I'm not trying to change people's mind. I understand people disagree with me. And the proof is going to be in the pudding by the time the season gets around here. I don't think that the difference between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold is as big as a lot of people like to make it out to be. So I would like to see a legit competition for the starting job. I would like to see Sam Darnold come in with that same chip on his shoulder. I mean, listen, I I understand Sam doesn't have a lot of fans, but we talk a lot about Baker having a chip on his shoulder. 
if you're Sam Darnold, how did you not have a chip on your shoulder right now? Everybody has already relegated you to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. He has a lot to prove. And I would like to see what that kind of urgency does uh, to Sam Darnold. Now, I want the best man to win, and I want the guy who plays the best to be the guy who gets the starting job. Um, and, and I hope that that happens, but I really don't think it will. I think that now this is Baker's job to lose, and I think that they're going to give him every opportunity to keep himself as the starter. The This would be a lot easier if the uh, – it just feels like this. is The only reason that we can think that this is an actual competition is because Sam Darnold's making more money than Baker Mayfield, right? Mm-hmm. But um, there was an interesting quote from – Taylor Heineke uh, in Washington with the commanders who's under Ron Rivera. They brought in uh, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Now, yeah. Now to remind people is that Heineke took them guys. They made it to the playoffs. Now they backed in like a typical Ron Rivera team, seven, eight, one or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But they were in a playoff game and they kind of, you know, Heineke, Played pretty hard against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that year that the Bucs went on to win the Super Bowl. They asked uh, Taylor Heineke if if it was a competition. He said, look, I know that uh, like if, if there's a real competition in Washington. And he said, I, I, I guess that like we want to say that because it's a competitive sport. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's making $30 million. I'm making $2 million. He was brought in to be the starter, and I'm here to be his backup. Like, so it's not like he even, he just playing at me. He's like, it's a business. It is the way it is. I'm going to go out there. It's like, yeah, I'm going to play hard, but I'm here to back him up. Um, If Sam Darnold was making $2 million and he brought Baker Mayfield in, we would be having that same conversation. But that's the only reason. The only reason right now is that Sam Darnold, the money is like the exact kind of same and then you get this weird what about this dude on good morning football who said baker mayfield shouldn't even be in a top 64 quarterback i mean come yeah, on yeah Mike, Man, what kind Mike, of fucking Mike, Rob, bullshit? Mike robinson like what kind of ridiculous crap is that i just think I like this it. is that look as they tried it was if it if they believed in sam Darnold, they would have just said we were at we got to add around sam Darnold. we can get better yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, they, when you bring on a guy who only has one year, like if you're not planning on starting him that in his one year you have him, what's the point in trading for him? Because you're not going to not start him and then sign him next year. You know, I mean, it, it, it just seems pointless to me to bring in a guy to trade for him at all, but especially a guy with one year left in his deal. If you're not going to start him, what's the point of the move? But this is the Panthers. They do I mean, make like that. <laughs> I yeah. could see this being Expected a move. Unexpected. I could see this being a move just to try to pressure Sam Darnold to see what that type of, like I talked about last week, like Cody mentioned, to see what type of competition or what type of uh, what type of quarterback Sam Darnold can become when he's actually got a fire to his ass, right? Um, you know, it, it, when he was in the Jets, here's the reality of it, right? When he was at the Jets, he was always the starter, right? Um, there was nobody in the, nobody in the backfield that was going to be questioning him for that that position. They didn't have that, and and then they got traded to the Panthers. Who did he have that was gonna that was gonna pressure him for the starting job there? PJ Walker? No, like he was. He came here. He got his fifth year option picked up. He was guaranteed money. Like it, 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 that. There there was no pressure. 
right? Um, and so I think the team is looking at this like maybe we can create some level of like competition that's going to make Sam Darnold a better quarterback. I could see that being where they went with this. I don't think that's the idea that they're having when they when they traded for uh, Baker Mayfield. I really do believe that they think Baker Mayfield is the guy, uh, in my opinion, uh, for the starting position this year. Um, but I do believe Matt Rule being who he is, uh, is that he is going to look at this as a legitimate competition between the two of them. And that's my fear, is you can do all you want in, in, in the preseason, in the in training camp, but when you got to the game, Sam Darnold does not have it up here when it really matters. He cry, yeah, it just gets worse and worse and worse, worse. when he makes a mistake. Yeah. Uh, somebody said in the chat, like the only thing is, like you say, you want to put him in this pressure, you want to create this competition. Somebody in the chat said, I want to see him mad. He don't get mad. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, like if right. you saw him on that Busted with the Boys podcast, they were like literally saying, what do you think about people who say you're a fucking bum? And he's like, I don't care. Uh, Baker is the yeah. one that gets mad. At least Baker gets mad. I mean, I guess is that it's the California kid versus something else. So, um, and for someone who was asking if Bat Daddy is still um, on that Mayfield jersey, they call us the Baker Bottoms, baby. We're Baker <laughs> Bottoms. That's what I'm a. I'm a Baker Bottom right now. I'm on that. Uh, Yep. Not on actually, that's gonna get weird quick. Yeah, actually, speaking <laughs> of speaking of weird, speaking of weird, yeah. I'm not the only weird one here. Oh, dude, you're not even dude, you're you're top not the five. first weird I'm not one even here. Top five. Yeah, you're not even top five, dude. We uh, we have a chat room filled to the brim with weirdos, and yeah, they like to listen to us talk about Panthers football. But they also have a weird fetish, dude. They like to be shamed. And boy, oh boy, do we have the man for them. CK, let them know. Well, well, well. Look who we have here. I'm talking to you. Come closer. Let's, let's have a conversation about something right now. We have all of these legendary people in the chat. All of you regulars, but maybe even some irregulars. And you've come in here. You're letting our voices pierce your eardrums into your skulls and, and, and talk about the Carolina Panthers, about whether Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold's going to be the guy. But you're coming in here and you haven't hit that like button yet? I have one thing to say to all you legends. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 193 strong viewers watching right now 73 thumbs up hit that like button hit that subscribe hit that notification bell every single time the c3 panthers podcast goes live listen the season's almost here we're kicking it up into high gear y'all we're going to be putting out more and more content we have beat checks coming up we have debate my takes coming up we have the return of the post game show right around the corner Man, we have so much cool things in store for y'all. If you would like to be a part, hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell to help us grow this channel and get to 4,000 subscribers by the start of the season. Please and thanks. Tony Dunn, what we got next for him? Uh, next comes back to Christian McCaffrey, right? Uh, and what will... what? 
really what we're asking here is that Christian McCaffrey, I saw this, I saw someone, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment. We got some stats coming from the stat daddy. Um, but it's kind of was sparked with number one is a guy um, on Good Morning Football last week or a couple of days ago said that uh, Christian McCaffrey was over, the second most overrated player in the NFL. There is a narrative that he's in injury prone that's emerged. I even saw on today on Twitter, uh, someone was still saying uh, there was a fantasy football guy, and this is important to me. Is like is is Christian McCaffrey still the number one pick? And he said this is like he said. I know that like he he argued that the injury stuff was largely overblown. He knows that it went bad the last two years, but he still thinks like there's a reasonable argument for him to be. In, the number one fantasy pick. Mm-hmm. But all I'm trying to say is this, when it comes to this is a question going into this training camp. We have debated. So many people have debated about moving Christian McCaffrey to the slot, how to, yeah. what his role should be. So much has been, so much of the talk has been about trying to relate his injuries to over usage. And it's like, Oh, well it's not, just running between the tackles. It's about all the plays when he's not involved. He was on, and they love to say he's on the, he got 33 touches in week one. He played 99% of the snaps in 2021, 2020. And they're like, Oh, are you going to run him into the ground? This and that. And so I feel like this is like the, the question right now is, do you treat Christian McCaffrey with kid gloves or, and, and spe- even in this training camp, or is this one of those training camps where Chris McCaffrey is just going to be on the bike every day? Where it's just like, I hey, we don't, not. we don't, we don't get hit. I mean, you don't thud in practice a lot anyway. So like a running back doesn't really do much. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't really, they just get to get show off. They catch it in space. Nobody can tackle them and they look good. Do you handle him with tr- kid gloves and protect him? really limit his participation in training camp, the preseason. I mean, they said they weren't going to play him at all in the preseason. Or is this a season where you just throw him in there and say, you know what, it's just time for us to figure out if this is a real problem or if it's just a fake problem. Do we kid gloves or hope for the best? You're not going to like my answer because I know your opinion on Christian McCaffrey. You think that there is a narrative that, you know, uh, or we have to protect him too much. Like we have yeah. to protect him at his own peril. And I get that. He's a professional football player playing probably the toughest uh, position on your body in all of football. So I, I hear your point. But seeing as how mm-hmm. our offense completely falls off a cliff mm-hmm. every time Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, I think that we do need to change up the way that we use him. In fact, I wouldn't mind if Christian doesn't really get rolling until around week three or four of the NFL season, like let him really split the load between him and um, having a brain fart. Our new guy that we just signed, um, what's the guy? Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Let him and Foreman split the load. Let them kind of pick it up. Then you can start to lean on Christian McCaffrey. I want CMC to be healthy and meaningful for us come November and December football. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that we have not had available to us for the past two years. Mm-hmm. So Let Tony, you. While, 
while it might be a little bit annoying, I do think that at least to start off, and especially through training camp, we do need to kind of treat him with a little bit of kid gloves. Go ahead, Zika. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the only thing I concern myself with, if there was this actual reality of splitting the reps, we did that in his first year with Jonathan Stewart. And what happened is we became predictable. We became, we know we're running the ball if Jonathan Stewart's in the game, and we know we're passing the ball if if Christian McCaffrey was in the game. It became very one-sided, right? Um, and there's still some debate on if Christian McCaffrey is a good run through the tackle type of, 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 you know, running back. He has always been better in space. And so it, it makes it a lot more predictable when he isn't the only guy running the football, because now if, if, if it's sort of like, if you bring Mike Tolbert into the game you, and it's a goal line stance, you know, it's probably going to Tolbert, right. <laughs> in some way, shape or form, we became a little bit more predictable than, than I'd, I'd like. Now, granted, we went to the playoffs that year. So maybe there is some, some, uh, you know, credence to the idea of splitting those reps uh, and it was the year after that he had such an incredible year as well when he finally got that opportunity but um, I don't uh, the other part of this is like I don't know that you need kid gloves all both injuries were not related to one another like and to be fair I think that the first year that he had got injured I think we held him out for the majority of the year we were in a lost season already. I think you right. could have came in the last I think five or you six. You can games. make that argument for both years, to be honest. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that that's a, a true statement without question. I think Christian McCaffrey had the ability to come in last year and they held him out because, again, lost season. There was no really? point. No point. Mm-hmm. No, There's no point at help that you. point. Uh, All right. I mean, Greg, Chris, Christian Mc, the, the overrated thing is, is what bothers me about this whole situation because Christian McCaffrey. It is not overrated. I'm saying gloves off on this one. And for the simple reason that when we put these stats up here in a little while, you're going to see what kind of production this guy has. I'm talking seriously. If you take injury away and he can continue his career, this is going to be, he's in line to be one of the top, the greatest offensive weapons ever in the NFL statistically. Okay. So, and it's only going to last so much longer. He's already in what his fifth year now. Like this is when running backs normally yep. start to lose that this burst or have to change their game up. So I think you 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 throw them in there. You get as much out of them as you can. While I say run this motherfucker time. into the ground. Yes, I agree. That's for what he's paid for. And here is the thing: is like number one. Um, say this. Say we one. I, well, all right. Actually, number one, I'll say this is that like his running the running between the tackles and the brutality on his body. In relation to his injuries, that is a corollary argument, not a causal. He's not gotten a single injury running up the gut. He actually has been far better than I ever expected him running between the tackles, right? Is that I thought he was going to be like it was going to be the Leonard Fournette uh, that could do that. And I was worried if that would translate into the NFL game. Dude, when he runs the ball, no matter how you get it to him, you get it to him in space, you get it in wherever – he is more productive than anybody else on the team every time. So none of those injuries have come from running between the tackles, corollary, not causal. All of the injuries have been in, have been non-contact injuries, except for maybe, I think he had a shoulder one a little bit at the beginning of one year. And I don't know if that was diving or contact, but these have not been major degenerative issues either. You know, it's like, you're not worried about, uh, him having three ACL LC, ACL surgeries, 
you know, these have been soft tissue hamstrings. They've lingered. They've been problematic. I wonder if maybe treating him with kid gloves has contributed to his injury problems. And what I mean by that is that he seemed for a, for the last two seasons to be a ridiculous workout warrior. Like he comes in so jacked up and it was almost like every muscle in his body was just so strained to where it could just elastically like a rubber band snap at any moment. You almost wonder if him just going full speed in day one without a lot of contact, a lot of kind of warm-up through training camp, through preseason, has maybe been any contributor to that. But my last point is this, is like, who cares? You've, you've treated him with kid gloves in one hand, and he's been hurt. The other thing is, is you've paid him a big contract. Like, if he comes out, do you really think if Christian McCaffrey comes out and has one or two more seasons like he did, the 1,000-1,000 season, we're talking Marshall Falk numbers. By the way, Marshall Falk's numbers were way better in so many ways. But if you if he had that resurgence, do you think in two years when his contract's up that people are really going to be like, let's give him the bag? I don't think that. I think it will be at a much reduced rate. So you might as well just like, let's go. Let's go, Mo. Let's go. I, I, I hear you. But I think to just completely ignore his track record and his injury history and say, okay, well, now we're going to go the exact opposite, just pedal to the metal. Like, you know, it, it looks bad as soon as we do that. And let's say he does get injured. Then it's like... All right, man, what are we doing? Then yeah, he's injury point. prone. If yeah, he gets hurt like, this year, he's injury. Like, I don't think – do you think – I just don't right. know that the answer is is to then do the opposite and go, all right, dude, you got to prove that you're worth it. Throw him into it and just be out there all the time. I think that, that our misusing of Christian McCaffrey, I genuinely believe, has what led – to a lot of his injuries because we, we use I just don't uh, th- this is this is it, we use Christian we have him on the field more than any other top running back in the NFL more than Derrick Henry more than Alvin Kamara more than Nick Chubb like you name it you name a running back when Christian McCaffrey is available they have him out there on an insane number of snaps mm-hmm. now I'm hopeful that the signing of Deontay Foreman means that they're going to try and do a little bit different in those regards. But, I mean, come on. I I think the fact that you're paying him so much money that we can't just continue to throw him to the wolves and then expect every, you know. Not even. Greg, look this up for me while we're talking about this. What's the most carries he's had in a season? Like the most carries. I, I think it's like in the two. I don't even know if he's in the 300s. Now, he gets a lot of action in the receiving game and stuff like that, but I, he's not getting hurt. Is volume the problem? It doesn't well, seem also like volume the like problem. Also, look up percentage of snaps per game. You uh, know, like that, Like I remember there was something crazy. Like, wasn't he on the field like 90-something percent yeah, of our years, offensive Yeah, 99%. Plays? He played 99% of the snaps. Dude, like that had, is like, absurd. He had 287 attempts in 2019 when he did the 1,000 and 1,000. 287. You can't mention the quarterback like it's the same thing. The wear and tear on the body of a running back 
is far greater how about than what this? a quarterback right. What about this? Is, would Great. you say, how many snaps do you think a, the starting left tackle, if he starts every game, plays? Like, they're not, you're not, like, taking him out. You're not going, right. oh, well, he played, uh, we need to rest him. We need to rest him. I mean, he played 98% of the snaps. No, a you're like, fuck yeah, he had though. a healthy season. A lot less sprinting, though. A lot less running full speed into a line of, of linebackers. I'm not saying that they're not out there tired, busting their ass. But, but I'm just because saying. you're on the field every play doesn't mean you're getting the ball every play. So I like I feel like the 99% can be a little bit misleading. It's like you could be not involved in the play at all almost. I agree. You know, like you just split out, you run over there, and nothing right. happens. So, and, right. and this might not be a great argument since what happened last year with Derrick Henry, but in 2020, which was Derrick Henry's big year, you know, not including last year, he had 397 touches in total, right? That's well, crazy. Christian McCaffrey, his 2019 year had 403. That's only six six different touches, right? And the majority of Christian McCaffrey's were, ca- I mean, not the majority, but 140 of those yeah. were from catching the ball, yeah. right? Which you want to so make him that, a slot receiver, then that's the same thing. Well, the, the thing is, is that even if you take that into consideration, we can all agree if you're receiving... As a, if you're getting the ball out of the backfield, you're not taking nearly the same damage you're taking as if you're running up the middle, right? And getting right. seven guys landing on Great. top of you and hitting your knees and all that stuff, right? You're still getting hit, and there is still value in that. But Derrick Henry took 387 freaking you know, like r- rushes. Basically we, smashes. Like he right. smashed up the middle 80% of the time on that. Right. And and so I don't – like I think the idea that Christian McCaffrey – like, even if you look at the, the, like, I remember that 2019 year, that was the argument. We were talking about his percentage of being on the field as opposed to, you know, X, Y, or Z. And I remember looking at a stat and it was like, this is a pretty misleading stat because it's like making it seem like, number one, because it's a, you know, Christian McCaffrey was on the field for 98% of the snaps of the offense. He wasn't getting the ball 98% of the time. Right. But on <laughs> right. top of that, Christian McCaffrey was incredible at avoiding contact, Right. So it wasn't even like he was getting that type of damage. I don't even think if you look at last year, like or even the year before that, I don't think that his injuries came from contact. None. I, None. Like, I he think they did. were a he lot tried of to do like a little hiccup move or something, right. and he pulled his, his hammy. Yeah. And I think that has more to do with his conditioning in the off season more Over so than anything else. Right. Over conditioning. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think. I think he's Over got exercising. I think his body type, and again, I'm not a scientist and I'm not Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey knows his body more than me. But I think based on just the eye test, Christian McCaffrey is not meant to be this ginormous human being. I think that it makes it unnatural and it makes it more likely to have those soft tissue injuries that he's been mm. dealing with. The good news is these have not been like meniscus injuries or like these things that are going to slow him down over the life of his career. Achilles. Right. Achilles. You're probably mm-hmm. more worried about what Derrick Henry went through with that. Right. Um, he had that same, I think he had an injury similar to Cam. What was that called? Remember when it's like that little bone. Plantar the tar- fasciitis? No, no plantar fasciitis is when you get like a cramp in your, a, a permanent foot cramp. Uh, it was like a metatarsal. Yeah, like yeah, little- yeah, yeah, uh, cracked metatarsal. Yeah, that little bone, but uh, Liz so, Frank or something like that. Yes, Liz that's Frank. what it was. Yeah. Liz Frank, Liz Frank injury. So yeah, it's interesting. But for me, I think we're starting to hit the point with Christian McCaffrey's career in Carolina. 
where like maybe you say that if you think you're going to sign him to another deal in the future but right now people are wondering if he's ever going to be christian mccaffrey again mm-hmm. let alone get another contract right, right so like i'm i'm at the point as this is i'm just ready to see christian mccaffrey start the whole season and fuck it Mm-hmm. Like you got to go earn your spot out there just as much as everybody and not just, Oh, is it a competition there? How about that? Let's ask Scott Fitter. Is there a competition in the right. running group? Like, is, is there a chance Dante Foreman beats out Christian McCaffrey? No, shut shut. If, All right. Here's the thing. If Christian McCaffrey gets hurt this year, his career in Carolina is going to be done. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's tough. Sad, it's tough. man. All right. Uh, next up, um, who wins the spotlight now this is who wins the spotlight in this training camp there's always a training camp darling right is that somebody who they impress they stand out they're gonna have the best year they look so good we've heard this about numerous players uh in the panthers past and a lot of these have been misleading. Usually you don't bet on the camp hero, the camp warrior. It's not the best thing to do. But is the spotlight in this camp and this season or the expectations of the season, is it Terrace Marshall Jr.? Because that's who they highlighted in OTAs. Is this, is the spotlight, is he the training camp darling or is it somebody else? I think it's two. I think it's okay. Marshall and I think it's Trimble. I think those are the Ooh, two people that one. are going to be a major Ooh, focus. He's been a quiet offense. We haven't even thought about him, have we? Really, we Ooh. haven't. And I think that it's 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 something that is potentially uh, one of these guys that is going to be a sleeper, right? I think people aren't going to expect anything from him. I don't think the team is putting a lot of emphasis on Marshall because I don't think they want defensive coordinators to prepare for this guy yet, right? I think they want to have him come out and just be. Uh, I, I think this guy can. Like Cody got me excited when he was talking about what this guy can do, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe every moment of it, right? I say I saw some glimpses of it last year uh, without a quarterback, without having uh, an offensive coordinator that really knows how to game plan to get this guy involved. Tommy Trimble, we saw that in the preseason. I just I remember seeing one of those plays, and it just felt different for Tommy Trimble. Like I just don't feel like I'd been excited about a tight end like I had. For Trimble, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just with what I saw on the field with his athleticism, things like that, we have a, 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 a new offensive coordinator that is known for getting guys like Marshall involved and like our tight ends with Tommy Trimble. I think these two That's guys true. are going to be people to keep an eye out on. Um, and I think they're going to, in training camp, they're going to be the guys that uh, won training camp because you always know they come out with these lists. Who won this year at training camp? I think these guys could could be potentially the guys. I think that you raised a really good point there, CK. I wasn't even thinking about it. if you could turn Tommy Trimble into a to a um, what's the guy uh, Melvin Ingram in the yeah. tight end for the Giants. He turned him into that. I'm cool with that. And I'm actually pulling for Tommy Trimble. That's a superhero name right there. Like I like yeah. Tommy Trimble just as a name. Uh, as far as Terrence Marshall Jr. goes, I hope that he does well. It'd be great to have you know a, him step up and and be kind of what we expect him to be. I just know in Madden he catches everything I throw at him. So I, I don't know yeah. what it is, but he catches everything I throw at him, man, and big time catches for me too, like in clutch spots. So every everyone has mentioned Terrace Marshall Jr. a lot based on OTAs. He has looked great. I, I kind of think uh that's the one that everyone's hoping for. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the underdog 
And if this person blows up, it could have resounding impacts and implications on our defense. And that's right. I'm talking about Davion Nixon, defensive tackle. We drafted him last year out of Iowa. This dude is nasty. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Derrick Brown as well. Is he worth that first-round pick, what, that number seventh, eighth overall that we picked on or that we used to pick Derrick Brown? And he's a run-stuffer. He's a middle-of-the-middle-of-the-line guy who's trying to eat up double teams, right? Davion Nixon is a guy that you're going to put at three-tech and let this man absolutely feast. I think Davion Nixon was showing a lot of potential last year in training camp. I know he dealt with some injuries. He obviously has to stay healthy. But if Davion Nixon can turn it on and be a legitimate three-tech for the Carolina Panthers, people have no idea how far that will go on our offensive line. That means better matchups and more one-on-one. Big snack, right? Brian Burns. Yeah, big uh, But you know what? I'm tired of getting excited about these late round defensive tackles because I and I they're always the ones I love to get excited. I thought Bravion Roy was gonna that that was my guy last year. I went this same question we would have asked last year was Bravion Roy. Oh, he was a great rotational player in a rookie year, a deep draft pick, maybe just underrated, missing in action. So yeah, we need I'm Big just, Snack. We actually probably yeah. need Big Snack to do something because it's the Leonidas, right? It's Leonidas. him. Yeah, and Leonidas. Derek yeah, Brown. Leonidas. Like you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna need him to be a contributor. It's a good one. Oh, yeah, some good ones there. Yeah, man. I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll to, to answer the question, yes, the spotlight is going to be deserved for TMJ, and I think this year we're gonna. We're gonna we're gonna really be happy that we picked him up last year in the draft. Imagine particularly if, comes- if an injury comes about, like is that like sometimes yeah. that's how a guy's gonna get a larger role, you know what I'm saying, and some different things. I could see him um, being a Chris Godwin type of uh ooh. person in this in this offense. I don't think that he's going to be the opposite of DJ Moore. I think they wanna have that burner to go down the field with Robbie Anderson to be able to get that, you know, keep the the stretch the field out a little bit more, but I think he's going to fill that slot role that Chris Godwin fills for the Bucks, um, and especially given that uh, that I think he has the ability, the range, and I think he's got uh, you know uh, a lot of athleticism to be able to be one of those guys. I think Chris Godwin's a probably a pretty good comparison for what DMJ could be. And yeah, he, you also mentioned him going uh, in in the slot receiver position. He's a big guy too. So he's better built for going across the middle. I wouldn't be surprised if we decided to try and use him kind of like the Bengals do with T. Higgins, right? So Jamar Chase is the number one in that offense. But T. Higgins is a big-bodied presence with long arms that can go up and pinpoint the ball. And he's got decent speed. Well, I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is that exact same kind of receiver, is that he's going to be a real threat to stretch the field, he ran a four three, and the dude's six foot three. He has an incredible ability to high point the ball. I think that's what our offense has been missing. You know, we once upon a time it was supposed to be Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, and you all know how that turned out. So yeah, I think he has a lot more potential than either of those two. 
So, yeah, man, he needs to have a big year this year, man. Our offense in general has to have a big year. Everyone has to step it up to a new level this year. Man, I can tell you this. Keep it real. Keep it real gone wrong. He said, y'all going to watch the Panthers lose to the Browns, then watch watch the Hornets lose to the Cavs. i tell you this, man. Is, uh, poor. Man, the Browns fans... The Browns fans win one or get to the playoffs and win uh, one time in twenty something years, and, and then they they're like, "Man, so we got the best fucking team yeah. on earth." It's, it's and well, I will. To be fair, let's let's also keep in mind this is a minority of the Browns fans. The majority of Browns fans are pretty level headed and uh, and have dealt with uh, some of the worst seasons that you could ask for as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real about it. Like, if you're a Browns fan. I commend you because you have gone through some shit, I know. I know. right? You've awesome. gone through the ringer right. and uh, it, it, you've had these super teams and you've never been able to put it together. And I know this is starting to sound like an insult and it sure sounds like it's possibly going that way. But, uh, you know, at the and end of the is. day, I, I think that if, if you're a Cleveland's fan and you're in a Panthers podcast constantly day in and day out, I think there might be a fear involved that maybe you <laughs> lost the trade. And on top oh. of that, maybe you lost the trade for Deshaun Watson, especially if he doesn't play this year. And now you have to worry about trying to figure out a why assign all of these major names coming up that you have to worry about signing to a long-term contract. Uh, but you're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson such a large amount of money. But at the end of the day, um, I don't think the majority of Browns fans are keep it real style. Right? I tell you this, winning is a drug. You know, winning is a drug, and they got a little taste of that drug. They got a little taste of winning. They're like, crack. he's cracked out right now. He's cracked out. And I tell you this, is the craziest thing I've heard recently, it's like in the Browns news, is that they are interested in signing a veteran quarterback in case they need something with the Deshaun. Like, well, first, duh, you're going to be, if the if the NFL doesn't suspend him at all, or if it's just two games, it's the greatest. It's like the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Second, though, is you have Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs. You have two veteran quarterbacks. What the fuck else? Like who? Like what do you mean? You already got hey, the veteran quarterbacks. You already. It's just like so we've ridiculous. got a we've got a Sammy Darnold. If they're interested, huh? We can swap the first and third picks of the <laughs> 2018 NFL mm. draft. Uh, but you know what, guys? I really got to keep it real with you. I don't mind these Brown fans. You know why I really don't mind them? Because they interact with your boys. They're here. They're in the chat room. They're, they're uh, you know, during the Friday free for all. Man, they have been out letting their opinions be known about Baker Mayfield. And you know what? We appreciate that. And if you would like to continue to follow the career of Baker Mayfield, hit that like and subscribe. We're going to be doing this all season. And more importantly, if you would like to let your opinion on the Panthers, the Browns, Baker Mayfield, whatever, to be known, oh, but then we have a we have just the thing for you. Let's do some cat calls, Tony Dunn. 252-288-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. How do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like...
Hey boys, you know, listen to the show and uh, y'all sound very down. I, I think y'all need a pick me up. You know, I think y'all need some white chocolate espresso, maybe. Ooh, <laughs> That's right, shots, you know who it shots. is. Coming to you live from Charleston, South Carolina. Chuck Town. Cody. I hear you, Cody, on Twitter, crying. Wah. Wah. We have a middle of a pack quarterback. Wah. Wah. I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. He is my son. He is my son. Do you know what we had to put up for the last five years? Horrible, below average quarterback play. I've been praying for average. I've been praying for average. So my question to you, Cody, is, what quarterbacks right now starting would make you satisfied going into the season with? Which quarterback you'd be like, you know what? I'm okay with that. That's my question to you, Cody. And always remember, Cody, Spurs up. Tigers eat chickens, bro. Mm. Just saying. Uh, look, man. Look, I could go down a list and name a bunch of quarterbacks that I would prefer over Baker Mayfield, okay? But let me not waste your time, okay? Because essentially what I'm saying is is that Baker Mayfield equals Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, if you want to say that is better than Sam, fine. Whatever, dude. I'm tired of arguing the semantics. My argument is based on if you put Baker on all those teams Sam was on, he'd probably have very similar stats. I can't prove that. But what I can say is to me the athletic ability and the quarterback traits that Baker Mayfield has are very on par with Teddy Bridgewater. And we all saw how that happened and how that worked out. So I'm just not going to believe that this is a recipe for success until I actually see it produce some success. And by the way, last year the Carolina Panthers started 3-0. and So even if we come out to a hot start, I'll give the man his due. But I still need to see some sustained winning performances and a dramatic decrease in fourth quarter interceptions before I'm ever going to believe that Baker Mayfield is the answer to the Carolina Panthers quarterback woes. Is there any? Go ahead. I've got to say something here. Teddy dealt with the same, if not worse, offensive line and played better than Sam Darnold played last year. So the argument of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are the same quarterback or, you know, very close in skill level is automatically going to be trumped by you saying that it's the same as Teddy Bridgewater. Because I think there was Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater was a tier above him. Now, do I think Teddy Bridgewater was a good quarterback? No, I think he was an average quarterback. And we were just so, um, so spoiled by Cam Newton that we wanted epic and elite. Um, And we got so frustrated with Teddy Bridgewater because he couldn't push the ball down the field. he wasn't Cam. Right. And he wasn't Cam. He wasn't Cam Newton. He he got the the brunt of our frustration. I am not sitting here going back on a lot of the things. I still don't think Teddy Bridgewater was the guy for us. Right. Right. I think we made the right decision to move on from him. Unfortunately, the people we decided to move to was not the right decision. So if you're saying that Teddy Bridgewater – is going to it, Baker Mayfield is going to be equivalent to Teddy Bridgewater with the improved offensive line, with the improvements on just the potential for running back plus uh, having 
you know, the wide receiving core that we have, potentially a better offensive coordinator in Ben McAdoo, I'll take that all day, every day over top of what we had with Sam Darnold last year. I'm going to give you guys this as a thought experiment while we listen to the next call. All right. And one of the things was, is Cody, you said you, you can think of a lot of quarterbacks that you would take over Sam Donald, right? Those were yeah. your words. And Baker. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Baker, Baker, yeah. right? A lot of quarterbacks you, you would take over that are starting in this league right now. I'm curious about this is what quarterbacks would we take Baker over? Right. Like if we had that, like if we reverse the question, who are the quarterbacks that are in this league that are starting um, or playing like, yeah, starting roles? Is there anybody that you would take Baker ahead of? And the reason I ask it in this way is because you got that guy that was on Good Morning Football who said he's not a starting quarterback. He's not a top 32. He's not even top 64. So is Baker, are there any quarterbacks? out there that you would take him over, Cody. So think about that as we go to the next call. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. It's the growl that makes him howl, a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. Awesome intro, by the way. Uh, I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking about when it comes to Baker Mayfield and Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo, when he was head coach of the Giants, benched Eli Manning. Straight up benched him. Now, that got him fired, but Eli Manning is Eli Manning. And the players adored him. So my thing is, my question is that um, if Baker Mayfield were to not be living like not be playing well. Do you think Ben McAdoo would still bench him for Matt Corral? And the reason I'm not saying Matt Rule is because Matt Rule his leash his leash is so short. It his leash ugh, I can't talk. His leash is short enough to where it it makes no sense. The way they're doing right, what they're doing right it's now. Not a leash. It's a collar. Because they didn't fire Matt Rule. It, it's so obvious they don't trust him. So if McAdoo goes to Rule and says, hey, I want to bench Baker Mayfield. He's not playing well. And Matt Rule gives them any crap about it. Well, Matt Rule is on the hottest of hot seats. So he's going to, pro- so he's going to get fired. So I just wanted to know what you guys think about that. And I could go to the Tepper angle too. And then I, I may or may not call him later to talk about him. But that's it for now. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow. All right. So we're gonna, thanks for the call. Um, and one of the things that you'll continue to look at is actually I would say is that Matt Rule has not been hesitant to bench people. That mugger benching people all over the place. He's like, I'll throw you on the bench uh, right. to make myself. He'll put the bench on the bench. Yeah. Um, back to the question of quarterbacks that you would take Baker over. All right. I saw some suggestions in there. One of the first uh, in the chat. One of the first things people went and started talking about Jameis Winston, which is a very interesting one. 
right? Is that also a former number one overall pick and also kind of a player that in some ways is similar, sort of mobile, but not mobile, right? Like, I mean, they're not runners, but like, I mean, Baker has got enough movement where he can extend plays and do some things prone to boom and bust kind of moments. Right. So I feel like that might be like a, and I won't say they're the same exact player because I think Jameis has got more of a downfield game than Baker does, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, But Jameis does a lot of boneheaded crap too, and he throws a ton of picks. Like they come mm-hmm. in spurts. Like he'll he'll have 400 yards, but he'll have five picks in a game or some shit like that. His last year qu- with Tampa, he had 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. I know. Yeah, but he had like 5,500 like, yards too. It was yeah, insane. It was like, yeah, it was like wild with Bruce Arians. But so who are quarterbacks that you would take Baker Mayfield over? I'll start with one right here. How about Mitch Trubisky? Dude, dude that was still my answer. Yes. That was the answer I was going to go with. I would take, yeah, I would take Baker over Mitch. Uh, I think Mitch has some real bad inaccuracies. Um, I, I also, I mean, Mitch is more mobile, which again, so is Sam. Baker is not very mobile. Like, say what you want. He might be able to extend the pocket a little bit and move around, but he's, he's never going to be a than threat. Matt Jones. Yeah, and you know what? Like, maybe that's someone else I would kind of put him on the same kind of playing field. Over Matt Jones. Yeah, probably or would you Matt Jones yeah. because he's younger and you like you haven't made bad. Well, Matt Jones is younger, but I I don't know. I kind of feel like the skill set is kind of similar. similar. Yeah, like you're going to build the team around those quarterbacks in the same kind of fashion. Um, now everybody says Matt Jones is incredibly smart, great with the playbook. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any evidence for or against Baker Mayfield in that manner. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's that if, if I'm going to take Baker over someone, they have to have also had a really rough start. Here's another one. I would take Baker over Carson Wentz. Okay. Cool. That was the next person I was going to ask you about. Right. I got one. Uh, how about, how about, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, he retired. Did he? Oh, okay. You know, I, I, you know, man was you, know what, you know, what's funny. Never made a playoff game. Baker, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's kind of who Baker is to me. No, like you can't be. He already made a playoff game, man. Ryan Fitzpatrick played for seventy-two fucking different teams, and he was actually always kind of good. And he went to the playoffs with the Jets, didn't he? Or did he almost make it? And the Bills, didn't he? No, I don't think they made it. Oh, maybe I'm wrong on that. Somebody can double check me on that. But there's something with Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's like always been like even his best seasons, the ones that you think are good, mm-hmm. are still fucking horrendous. Yeah. What about Matt Ryan? Um, Matt Ryan, yeah, I would I think take you over have to go Baker. Matt. Really? Yeah. I think Matt way, Ryan still got some Indian gas guy. in the tank. Who is the who is the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons? That's what I want to know. Who the Mar- hell is I mean, Mariota? Yeah, Marcus Mariota. How embarrassing! Oh, I would take him that? over him. Yeah, I would take sure. Baker over Marcus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, about yeah, Davis who Mills? Who wait? Andy who was Dalton. the quarterback? Oh, but by the way, about Matt Ryan, I I feel like I have less of a problem, like actually kind of rooting for that guy this year. Oh, one is not one. He's not a Falcon. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and number two is in the is in the AFC. 
like they might yeah. the, the Colts might be a, a pretty damn good team this year. I'll I'll throw it out there. I want him to do so fucking good because it's going to just spit on the Falcons franchise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's why I'm like you let him go for basically peanuts, right? And now he's gone to a team that probably can utilize him in a more efficient and effective way. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest question mark they have is wide receiver, really. But they have a great offensive line. They have a running back. Matt Ryan's about to go over there and post some numbers that I think people are going to be surprised by. Um, I, I agree with that 100. And here's the the way I put this is I know I saw my boy Kev in the chat. Said Matt Ryan is done. He's aging. Right. But like one of the things is first, Matt Ryan has played like every game for the last 16 years. Like he is always available. Um, He has been very prolific. Like he always puts up good numbers. Like, in fact, you would never. And when I looked at those Falcon teams, he wasn't the worst part of them ever. It was just like you would talk about offensive line. They they don't have a defense. Yeah. I mean, he really carried that team in a way now he had some receiver but he he never he didn't really shrink in my but my real thing i think the way to think about this is is it's like almost a real case study is philip rivers was in a very similar position in his career mm-hmm. when he went to the colts and i think he played two years with the colts they made the playoffs once i think matt ryan has more gas in the tank now than Philip Rivers did when he went to the Colts. So I'll be interested to see a Colts team with a very good defense, a top 10 defense. They had like, I mean, it was at the bot back of the top 10, but like a nine, you know, eight, nine, 10 type defense. The number one running game in the league. Some we- I, I think the Colts right now are kind of, the that's my that's my team right now that I would bet on making the playoffs that didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, is they got they barely I mean, missed like, out last year, I think. Right, might right. They still were, be the Chargers just because of how low. Right, but that's are, the but easy I, answer. That's the easy answer yeah. because that's the sexy. That's a tough answer. division though. Yeah, like they're a good team. That's yeah, a tough division they're in. All right, yeah, especially guess, with what Oakland's going to be doing this year with yeah. the additions they've made this year. Yeah, Oakland is about to be a. All right, is it possible to have three teams come out of? One division yes. now? It is possible. Yeah, it is. It's oh, okay. just hard. It's just wow. hard. It's technically um, possible to have all four all of them. All four That's come ridiculous. out of the same Actually, division. There was a year where Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta made it a few years ago with the old yeah, playoffs. 2017, though, yeah, 2017. I, I guess it is possible. Yeah. All right. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones? Mm. Baker Mayfield. Baker. Yeah, yeah Baker, Baker, bro. Yeah, all right. Baker. Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Okay. Kirk yeah, Cousins has proved. Sim- I can say that. I mean, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I would yeah. say I think that would be, like, if we said Baker is just us hopeful. Like, Kirk Cousins I also is, don't like his throwing motion, but still. Who? Kirk? Uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk. Dude, he's, he right. has been the, one of the most consistent QBs in the entire league over yeah. the past 10 years. Man, he puts up numbers. How about this? Uh, Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff? Baker Mayfield. Boom. Baker. All right. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Drew Locke? Baker Mayfield. But Drew Locke, is, is he really going to be the starter for Seattle, you think? 
it's yeah. not it, it's not awesome. gonna be no Geno Smith. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I promise Geno Smith is so old, bro. <laughs> he is so old. And when you watched him play last year, I mean, I'm not even worried about that. Kid. I'm saying like there's other quarterbacks out there that they could try to go after. I mean Cam. Cam Newton could be an option. Um they can I mean there's some some guys on some teams. That, it's, man, they ain't done nothing yet. I just um, don't know that Drew Locke is the guy they're going for. Trying to think, are there any others that are out there? Uh, we did Carson Wentz, like, we did Trubisky. The only other people you could even say Baker Mayfield or Justin Fields, and I know you're going to say Justin Fields because of his future potential. But right now, there's no like on the apples to apples. Oh, I right think now Justin we've Fields. named off at least. I mean, that right Trevor away Lawrence. tells us that Baker Mayfield is a top 20 quarterback. Based on what we've seen, Baker Mayfield or Trevor Lawrence. Or you, Trevor the, Lawrence. But then the question, <laughs> then. Trevor Lawrence. Because, you know, he broke the rookie record for yards. Can we talk about. Through it nine billion times. Can we really yeah. ma- allow Cody to actually show where his, where he really does value Baker better than Sam Darnold uh, to a pretty major. I bet you the majority of these number names we just said we would pick Baker over top of, he wouldn't say the same thing for Sam Darnold. Wait, so I wouldn't take Sam over. Uh, would you, would you take, take Sam Darnold over, over Daniel Jones? Oh, no. No, but I picked Baker over Daniel Jones. I know. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're saying that Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, you value them equally, but you're saying you would take Baker over Daniel, Ooh, but you wouldn't take Sam over things. Daniel. Right, the majority of those names we just said we would take Baker over top of. None of us would say we'd take Sam Darnold over top of. Oh, how about this? Is drop Sam it. Darnold drop it, drop it, drop or it. or Carson Wentz? Yeah, I know that was a drop the mic. Point. <laughs> uh, like you can go. How about this? Is uh, some mean, chat? The chat's got some good ones too. Um, Baker Mayfield over Tua or Tua. Oh yeah, that's, that's a hard one. one it is a hard one. I, yeah. I think two has gotten shit on unnecessarily. Me too. I need this. Oh, how about more. this, dude? I'll go Baker. I'll go Baker wow. just because. Just oh, because. Sam Darnold or Tua? No, but Sam just Darnold because Tua. I think Tua, I think he really has legit injury concerns. Like I don't think that guy is is. I think he has legit like health. I mean, you can kind of say the same about Baker. But I, I really think that he's he's got some uh, some injury problems. But I mean, talent wise, I would rank them about the same. If I'm being honest, there was another one in the um, chat that said I, I saw Baker, one. Baker uh, or Trey Lance. Oh, I, actually, Trey the Lance. one I saw that I think was better was uh, Baker or Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Oh, I think it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, really? Jalen Hurts does show. He showed like, a lot of only, promise last year. Yeah, and he's only exceeded his expectations. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, his, everybody's been like, oh, Jalen Hurts ain't going to be that good. Oh, Jalen Hurts, is gonna, they're going to replace him. Oh, Jalen Hurts. And he's only gone out there and not been the biggest problem on the team. Did you see enough yeah. out of Zach Wilson last year to say Baker over Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson over Baker? No, how about this? And I know it's really not fair, but like, even though it's such a small sample size, other than maybe Matt Jones because they're so similar, I'm taking all of the big four draftable quarterbacks from last year's draft 
over Baker Mayfield. I think right, that because it's future talent. potential, it's upside, yeah, it's all those things. Yeah. Well, it's just potential. You know what I'm saying? It's like we don't know anything about Trey Lance. We don't know really right. much about Justin Fields. And to be fair to Justin Fields, he's on a terrible team. He was on a terribly coached team. Yeah. He's going to be on the worst team this year. So I don't even – but, but like, I almost feel it's unfair to – compare them to an untested quarterback because you're betting on potential. You're banking on that. All right. right? And you just go ahead. How about this? Baker Mayfield or Kyle Allen? (laughs) Baker. All right. Kyle Allen or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold over Kyle Allen? Yeah, what did Kyle Allen ever do? Way more than Baker than, or than, than Sam Darnold did All right, in how Carolina. This? How about this? Um, Kyle Allen or Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew. All day. Duh. Yeah. Baker, I mean, Sam Darnold or Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew. Yes. Baker Mayfield or Gardner Minshew? And the answer Baker is... Mayfield. Gardner Mitchell, oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> shit. Baker Mayfield. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. And, uh, let's go. Hold on. I did see some other ones that I thought were good. What about uh, Kyler Murray? Oh, come on. Yeah, Kyler Murray. I mean, it's just not even close. A lot of people are like really down on Kyler. They think he's a diva. They think he's like not clutch but or whatever. They said the same thing about Cam Newton. They say the same thing about any quarterback that. Wants to, you know, has like, let's be real about it. Lamar Jackson's being in that same category now because mm-hmm. he's in a division where somebody just got paid a ridiculous amount of money, you know, I, I, you know, i.e., Deshaun Watson, and he is, he's not been paid yet. Right. Um, so I mean, right. you could say the same thing about him. My answer to that is, is that the question is better than I give it credit for. Yeah. And what to me is, I easily say Kyler Murray, right? Like, it's like, oh, I'm like, ugh. Kyler Murray but to be honest like is the gap that giant between the two and how many playoff wins has Kyler had to this point like has he had more than Baker I don't know how about this Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield (laughs) Baker (laughs) Mayfield I can't (laughs) yeah just just on its surface without thinking about you know just the idea of Deshaun Watson now it it you know repulses me unfortunately. I know. I know. All right. Uh, no, we're not. We're not down on uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, but Kyler Murray does have a limitation. It's kind of throwing over the middle, and that's his limitation right there. Um, and that's also it. Kind of reckless. Me. Yeah. But so is Baker for that matter. Well, so is every quarterback. Half of them, man. They all throw a bunch of picks. And Teddy Bridgewater. You're right. <laughs> Not reckless. The opposite. He drove the van up yeah. there. The opposite of reckless. All right, let's go to the next goal. But also, we got to freaking get more pumped up about the fact that we got an upgrade regardless. That's my thoughts. Thank you. And let's go. He goes Amen. back for part two. Oh, or maybe not. It's just silence. Uh, yeah, I think that's an important thing right there is. And let me see. I think we got one more unless, unless this is three minutes of silence. It says no transcript available, so we don't know what he's going to say. Look at that. 
My man didn't hang up. It just went on. He called us back three times. Man, I was so worried, too. Somebody called and spent seven minutes on the line, too. <laughs> um, all right. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We want you to weigh on these questions. We've talked about is the conver- is the, comp- the competition between Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral real, or is it just for show? Should we tr- treat Christian McCaffrey and like a regular football player, or should we use kid gloves and uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., the star, the limelight, the spotlight of training camp and the preseason, or will it be Tommy Trimble or someone else? We want to hear your thoughts. We still got a couple of questions to go. The number is 252-228-5098. Next call. Hey, what's good, fellas? Corey calling in. Um, I'm listening to uh, this past week's show uh, right now. I'm like halfway through it, and um, I ain't gonna lie, man. Y'all, y'all are uh, y'all are revved up right now, man. I haven't, <laughs> I ain't seen uh, C3 get this. Um, I don't, I don't want to say heated, but just passionate about a subject in a while, man. It's it's kind of um, it's kind of funny, just just like a statement of like Baker Mayfield and 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 how polarizing he is, man. He's been on the team less than two weeks, and, and he got us acting up already. I thought I just thought that was funny, but. Um, <laughs> Cody, I don't know how you did it, man, but you 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 almost got you got me uh, sympathizing for Baker right now, man. I'm not gonna lie, you you wild a little bit right now. Man. <laughs> oh, really? Because, Come on, man. Like, he, I, I, Baker's a mediocre quarterback. I think like I, I, I've been on record saying that. Like I'm I, I'm st- I'm standing firm on that. I think he's mediocre. I don't think he's gonna really take this team to the next level. I think we're gonna be better than we were. Um, but but that's the whole point, right? Like. People aren't going to be upset. Like most fans, they want to just be better than what we were, right? Now, if we're talking about getting seven, eight, seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, and at the end of the season, like, Cody, you're not going to be happy about that. Like, that's that's your forte. And, like, I ain't going to tell you how to think. But it's like everybody else who would be excited about seven, eight, nine wins with Baker Mayfield, like, we're not fucking, you know, resting on mediocrity or just rewarding like the bare minimum or something like bro we're ass we have five wins last year we have five wins the year before that we have five wins after winning our first three games we were the, we're the we were the laughing stock of the nfl we've been the laughing stock of the nfl for the last fucking 18 months man so like it ain't about like resting on mediocrity because no i'm not gonna be happy with getting eight nine wins every single year and just falling into that fucking pit hole but yeah getting eight nine wins after we had five wins like it's not oh, that that flip is not gonna happen overnight we're not gonna become a fucking championship contender the year after being terrible like we're not it's, it, it just doesn't happen and we're also not gonna get this franchise saving quarterback in a year's turnaround time either like we 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 have to keep everything in perspective, man. Like we started a rebuild. We're three years into a rebuild that we fucking uh, made the wrong decision almost at every turn. And now Baker Mayfield, I do not think is a long term answer, but Baker Mayfield can give us twenty passing touchdowns, which we haven't had that in what three years. I think I'm about to run out of time. I'm, I'm gonna have to call back in because I think I got a couple more points. <laughs> so you want me to respond now, or you want to let him yeah. finish his? Go ahead, uh, go ahead and respond. So, Corey, my brother, what I'll say to you is this, man. You have a a very similar mindset that a lot of Panther fans do that, hey, man, we have been down bad, okay? 
and an eight win, maybe even a nine win season, that's feeling pretty damn good right now compared to the shit that we've been through. If that's how you feel, then by all means, y'all, don't let me piss in your cornflakes. Be excited about it. What I'm telling you that I am afraid of is that this, let's say we do that. Let's say we win eight, nine games. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the organization is like, you know what? That's enough improvement. I think I like what we've got going on here. Let's give Baker another contract. Let's extend Matt Rule, or not extend him, but let's continue to keep him here. And then what actually happens is, is we figure out the hard way that Baker as a quarterback is good for around eight to nine wins a season. And in an NFL where the offenses are becoming more high-powered, more explosive than they ever have before, I'm worried that we're going to get stuck in the same pit of mediocrity that we have been stuck in. If you're just striving to be a middle-of-the-road football team, well, then you know what? You might just get what you asked for. No, we're not striving to be a middle-of-the-road football team. It's just middle-of-the-road would be so much of an – it would be double the improvement. When you're talking eight, nine, ten wins, that's double. That's like a hundred percent growth. Imagine if our podcast grew one hundred. Oh wait, it did. But is it enough? But here, but I want to go back to this, and I and and I think it's less with Baker, man. I don't think it's Baker. I think it's that it would be Matt Rule. The threat of Matt Rule to me is the scary part. And I said this a few weeks ago on Pirate Radio. Go on Fridays, the Pirate Radio, and they ridiculed they went crazy they just said you're just speaking with your emotions too much and i said i'm worried about us getting 10 11 wins and keeping that rule and stumbling into the 10 or 11 wins rather than really getting the wins right and what i mean by that is that we won in spite of matt rule not because of matt rule mm-hmm. and that it just elongates the matt rule era because, I mean, to be honest, if we go and win 10 or 11 games this year, 12, say you had the best season ever, 12 games, who are we putting that on? We're going to say this. We're going to say Baker Mayfield. We're going to say Ben McAdoo. We're going to say James Kent, like all these other That's coaches. The, the, the person at the bottom of the list of credit will be Matt Rule, mm-hmm. except for the one thing we do need to give Matt Rule credit for is he really changed directions this year. Is He fin- He said this, as I tried – I tried it my way or whatever way I thought was the way. And he said, fuck it, man. I'm firing all these bitches. I'm getting real NFL dudes up in there. So I will give Matt Rule. I'll tell you this. Matt Rule will take an L. Mm-hmm. He will take the L on his face and say, you know what? I was wrong on that. And now I'm going a different direction. But I just don't feel if we're a 12 win, win team this year, I don't just all of a sudden go, Oh, Matt Rule is the coach of the future. I think mm-hmm. it almost tricks us. It's like a sleight of hand into making us think that. And they ridiculed me for that. And I say this is I will take 12 wins no matter what, even if that means keeping Matt Rule. I will measure or temper my perspective on that. Like I'll take 10 wins. Can I ask Cody a question here? Would you no, no. would you would you rather have Baker Mayfield play this year and win us nine, ten games, and then we trade him and start Matt Corral, yeah, or just cut him, or just you don't cut get him, to trade him. Oh yeah, or have Matt Corral start this year and likely win probably 
four or five games. Not saying he's a terrible quarterback, but rookie quarterback coming into it. You know, and so, Matt Rule be fired, that? and Matt Corral never exists as a Panther. Yeah. No, I don't think that last part is true. I think if you have a quarterback, so for example, look do at you Justin th- Do you Herbert think Matt Corral can win more games than Baker Mayfield? Let me ask you that. No. Dude, I'm gonna sound crazy because I have no evidence, oh but God. yeah, I believe in his okay. upside more yeah, than I do is... more than I do Baker. Well, here's, okay. here's and by the... the way, like like okay, uh, can we also say that Matt Jones? Okay, he went to the Pro Bowl last year in his rookie a, season. He that, went to the Pro Bowl. Now joke. let me ask you this: Is Matt Jones just that damn good, or was he playing for the Patriots? But they said he was the most pro-ready quarterback. That's what they continue well, to I, tell hey, maybe us. so, but I'm saying he could be the most pro-ready quarterback ever. He ain't doing that shit on the Jaguars. He ain't doing that on the Dolphins. He's not doing that on the on the Jets. That That's my point here. Yeah, I would rather, I would you can rather, say that for every player. All I'm saying is I, I, would, rather, is the I would rather Matt Corral get some legitimate playing time this season. That way we can see some of the things that he's good at. We can see what his deficiencies are, see what the things that he needs to work on actually are. And then you know what kind of player you have to build around for the future. And by the way, the the adverse is also true. If Matt Corral is absolutely terrible, wouldn't you want to know that now rather than, you know, let's say we, have Baker for another year. He's or he's good this year, and then we don't resign him, and we move on to Matt Corral. We might not have any idea if Matt Corral is ready to step up and take the starting job. At least Trey Lance last year for the 49ers got to take some starting reps after Jimmy Garoppolo went down hurt. So yeah, even though I don't have evidence, even like eight starting reps. Come I was saying, yeah, did Rodgers take more any than nothing, and it's starting Rodgers. in the NFL. Like at, at least, yeah, and he, had some, he did show some some good some good stuff. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, our last donation. No message, but five dollars. Chris Mickey with the five. Appreciate you, sir. CK, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was I was gonna make a point. I agree with uh, some of that, but I, I you know I, I want to focus more because obviously this call was talking a little bit about, or you know, some of the people in chat even are talking about the the coaching, right? Like the coaching. A lot of people were saying the coaching was bad, right? I, let me ask you a question. I know the idea that that Matt Rule is going to be sticking around. This is something that I wanted to segue into anyway, right? We believe that Matt Rule has a process, right? Whether it works or not is a question. Now, if we take a carbon copy of Matt Rule's first two years and combine it to what we saw with Ron Rivera's first two years, right, it looks very similar. The difference being if Ron Rivera didn't have the benefit of the Cam Newton, Ron Rivera might not have gotten the wins on the third year or fourth year, right? Now, we haven't had that luxury of having the Cam Newton-type player to be able to come in here and play yet. They've tried every which way they can, but we haven't had that uh, at this point in time. So, you know, is is Matt Corral going to be that guy that's going to come in here and save Matt Rule's job? I don't know. But I also know that the first two years don't indicate what type of coach a coach is. As much as we hate Matt Rule uh, for what we've seen the first two years, um, there's a lot of question marks. We had a lot of the same question marks around uh, Ron Rivera's first two years, and we saw that turn around. So it's possible for us to be able to say, hey, Baker Mayfield, if he saves Matt Rule's job, great. Right, especially if it turns out that Matt Rule can be a good quarterback and sustain uh, success in this league. I, 
um, I think there's like all of these partial these partial good arguments, right? One thing is that this is we were all ready to fire Ron Rivera after 2012. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, everybody was ready, and it was 2013 with that 12 and four, and it was just all defense. And Dave Gettleman came in; it was dope. But here's the thing: I don't like the comparison that, and this is where I want to push back on Cody about the Mac Jones comparison. Is that you're in? Mac Jones went to a organization where the head coach is a Hall of Fame head coach. The offensive coordinator is thought to be a brilliant dude who got a head coaching position. So they have the luxury of going six, seven wins with a rookie and even the rookie not looking fantastic, but showing enough promise. If Corral comes out and shows some promise, but doesn't win enough games to keep Matt Rule's job, it don't matter. Right. The next coach, the next all of that aren't going to give a fuck. They're not going to latch themselves to that. And that's just what I'm saying is that like if if that argument problem? holds true if the coach is in a secure position. And Matt Rule is the most insecure person. I mean, like, not insecure, like, but... uh. He's on the hot seat. So, like, you have that luxury if you are a head coach, uh, if you're a Sean Payton, or if you're uh, – even look at Trey Lance and um, Shanahan, right? It's like it's like if he would if, – if Shanahan comes – if Trey Lance comes out and is bad and they regress a few games, you're not going to go, oh, we got to fire Shanahan. We got to start over. But that's what's going to happen in Carolina. So I think for Matt Corral, I think Baker Mayfield might be. The only thing is, like, Baker Mayfield's got a lot of jobs to save, right? A lot of jobs to save. Uh, The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Let's go to – we're going to come back to Corey in just the second, part two of his call. We're going to go to Connor. Hey, guys, it's me, Connor. Uh, I'm pulling in tonight, and, I mean, obviously there's not a bunch of news going around. But I just want to say how absolutely, how amazing, how should I put this? Like, how cool it's going to look to see the Panthers' black helmet, black jersey, and black pants on a black evening, most likely, on in evening, on Thursday night evening, which, by the way, I'm planning on going to that game. I'm just so excited for that. I wish that they'd make that helmet their main helmet. But, yeah, so, again, not a lot on my mind tonight. Uh, of course, Baker Mayfield. And something that I would like to say is I almost feel like the, there's going to be a bigger competition between Baker Mayfield and Matt Corral. There's uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Dawson. However, that competition is already essentially over. But wow. yeah, uh, look, but another thing that I wanted to say is, man, give me on this, give me on the Tuesday show. Now I'm gonna come <laughs> on and on the Tuesday show. I wanna voice my opinion a bit more. I wanna get on the Tuesday show. So, uh, yeah. I can put my Discord in the chat if you want me to, but yeah. Uh, Alright, look. See you later on Connor Slays. Connor. Connor Slays, the Young Bucks, man. I feel like this is we need, I would love for Connor and Noah to do a, uh, a Young Guns podcast from the first C3. Yeah. That shit would be dope. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, hold on real quick. Oh. What's up, y'all? Part two. Oh. 
That's all. all right. he, he, he requested I do it. So. Uh, and uh, Connor, we're we're mad hype about those. The I think the hex is gone. The black on black on black is where it's at. You know I'm superstitious, Cody. I've said them black. You know, we we do these blackout. They'd be like, oh, let's black out the Panther Bank of America. And then be like, yeah. everybody wears black except for the fucking Carolina Panthers themselves with the stupid silver helmets. Now, finally, <laughs> they're blacking it out. We're blacking it out. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. All right, let's go to the next call. What's up, y'all? Part two of Corey's call. Um, basically, like, Baker is, he's not the long-term answer. I do not believe so. I Like, I think our best-case scenario really is him coming in this year, showing, you know, some kind of promise, doing doing okay. Like maybe replicating what he did statistically wise, maybe twenty five, twenty eight touchdowns, um, you know, interceptions of the teams, realistically speaking, you know, we win some games, more games than whatever. I'm not even gonna put a number on it because like I said, five wins, like that's what we're that's what we've seen, right? So Baker, you know, has kind of like this quote unquote bounce back year. We give him a franchise tag and, you know, see where we're going from there because he I don't think he can prove himself to be our franchise savior in one year. I just don't think that's realistically possible. Um, just cause I like, he's not going to have that type of year. I don't think, but to say like, where I don't, I'm not going to fall into mediocrity, but this shit doesn't turn around overnight. Like Baker Mayfield is going to give us something that we haven't had. Like Teddy Bridgewater had like 12 touchdowns. Sam Turner had like 12 touchdowns. Like, bro, it's going to be like, we're going to watch games this year and, we're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. Baker's going to throw picks. We're going to lose games we should have won. We're going to be in games that we shouldn't have been in. Like, I feel like this year is going to be more exciting to at least watch the game. And, yeah, like, to know, all right, we're we're not a truly a fucking championship contender with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. But, I mean, damn. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Can we can we at least have some pride in being fans and, and yeah. say, like, all right, we're, we're building towards something? Because that's what a rebuild is, man. Like, and to say that Matt Corral is, like Matt Corral, if he starts this year, he's not going to take us to the promised land either. Like he's gonna, I don't know that. You don't he's know that. He's not going to come in and light the NFL on fire. I'm oh, sorry, bro. It's not going to fucking happen. It's more likely that Baker Mayfield comes in and has a Baker Mayfield year right, than uh, call Matt Corral comes in. Three calls. We can stop you early. What he said. Look, I just want to start by saying I understand you're going to throw out Ed the statistics of a third round quarterback. Coming in his rookie season and being very good, they're pretty damn slim. So you might as well bet against it. Okay, dude. Well, literally every quarterback that has come in as a rookie and did play well had that very same assessment attached to them. The point being is you don't know until you know. Give me an example. Okay, how about Justin Herbert recently? How about Russell Wilson? No, Uh, Justin Herbert wasn't a third-round pick. pick. No, I'm talking about a quarterback. But all right, for the the no, independent of the one. round. That's not that doesn't work. But so you I'm can't say in, the, the round is a big the, deal, man. You yeah, can't because say most that. quarterbacks that are coming out now, they don't want them to start. It doesn't matter who you're talking about. That's not true. But think about how many they teams every quarterback on, that comes out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than one being, you're talking about other men who couldn't do it. And saying, well, they couldn't do it. So Matt Corral no, definitely you're saying, do it. Is. Look, is no one is saying that it's not possible. What we it's are saying unlikely. is improbable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that like it's not possible. I mean, it's not impossible to hit a 
hard eight or a hard 10 on the craps table, mm-hmm. but it's unlikely, right? The odds are just again. So yes, there is a world where Matt Corral stuns us. Yes, there is a world where mm-hmm. Tom Brady, a six round pick becomes a hall of famer, but it's not the most probable world. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I think that the best comparison, the one that you probably would use is Russell Wilson, third round, somebody that Davis dropped. Mills, shout out to Matt Knows Nothing no, in the chat. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Is Davis Mills, they're looking to replace him already. No, they're not. They would have done so this year. They really like what they have in Davis Mills. Remember, I, I, I write for the Texans on draft tech. I so know you. Write, I, I, I try and keep my... You're saying team. this, they would have picked that quarterback in the first round this year. Which where everybody tells us there wasn't a real quarterback, top pick quarterback. Like if you had the first pick, nobody would have picked a quarterback anyway. So I don't believe that. And the last, I just want to circle back. Then I want to say one more thing. I want to circle back to this is to put it when it comes to Russell Wilson, who was the coach, who was the GM. Like it's a different situation. That's all I'm saying is that this is like, is was Josh Rosen really that bad or is he part victim of circumstance? And I think he probably is that bad. I'm not trying to argue that Josh Rosen got completely hosed, but like you were in a situation where Steve Wilkes had like, they just, they already were writing it all off. So like what Matt Corral would have to do, not only is it improbable that he would be pretty good, but it's also imp- super improbable that he would achieve what it would take to save everybody, including himself and Matt Rule. You know what I'm saying? Like, is like imagine what you would truly have to show to a new coach that they're willing to really ride with you i mean it's but just this like is the what, odds are the so last, long i mean it's just like this, buying a lotto ticket this yeah is you the can last win. point that this is the last point that we disagree on if matt corral were to start this year and he did actually show some upside but let's say we still don't make the playoffs you guys are acting like it's some foregone conclusion that whoever the next head coach is uh matt corral is out the door now nah, we're, we're definitely moving on you don't mm-hmm. know that yeah, you because you have a top five pick, and you're going to pick the best quarterback. You're going to go with gonna... Stroud at that point in time, right? Yeah. You're right, and Cody. We don't, we don't know that because we have nothing to base it off of. But in the same light, you don't know Matt Corral is going to be a good NFL quarterback because we have nothing to base it off of. Right. The only thing you like can compare this to is Baker Mayfield has NFL experience, and we've seen him succeed. The only other thing you can compare these two players at is their college-level play. Baker Mayfield was a better college player. So the only evidence I have to look at this, I have to say, it's it's why I can't understand your passion with Matt Corral. I get what you're saying, and Tony's right. There is a possibility it can happen. But there's nothing, there's not even a shred of evidence that leads me to believe that. For Corral, and he saw some traits. He saw that quick release. He saw, yes, and he sees, it's just like this. It's like like looking at the young 21-year-old. It's like being the married guy and looking at the 21-year-old hottie. And they just look sexy on the outside. And You're completely diminishing what my point even actually is is that no. i don't I, I don't care if he is or isn't a world beer in his first year 
other rookie quarterbacks have had to start, have even had bad seasons, and then went on to turn it around. And you know what? And you know what? And you know what? They were better for that bad rookie season. You're completely missing Mm. my point. They were in a place where it was there was some sort of stability where their failure was not a failure of the organization. You know what I'm saying? Like if Mac Jones wins six games, he what, seven games, he goes to the Pro Bowl? Come on, shut the fuck up. Right. If he does right. that with the tech, imagine if he was with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and did that. He wouldn't go to the Pro Bowl. He might not even be the, what I'm saying is this, is that the situation that Matt Corral in, it might be unfair, like you're, if if Matt Corral was with Jim Harbaugh, then I would say, okay, that makes sense. But there's a likelihood that no one is on this team tomorrow if if things go bad. How and does that's that the, rule the, and Baker make more sense though? I think Baker Mayfield has the opportunity to save Matt Rule's job and potentially Matt Corral's future with the Carolina Panthers. Not Matt Matt Corral's future as a player, but Matt Corral's future with the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, and then the final. Oh, I have one other point, and I just slipped my mind. We were talking about that was it. All well, right, let's go to the next I, call. Then. No, I have, no, I have yeah, one more. Call. Ahead, ahead, one thing to, say. Ahead, to Cody's defense, right? The idea that he loves Matt Rule. I mean, Matt Corral the way that he does. Is, is similar to the same w- with little evidence, right? There's not a lot of evidence that you can put into it other than, you know, there's a feeling, right? Cody has a feeling about him. And I think we all can be a bit optimistic about what we've seen from film from Matt Corral, right? Mm-hmm. But is this not the exact same thought with, with Gardner Minshew that you have, Tony? Like you have this thought that Gardner Minshew is a great quarterback, right? I don't think you think he's elite, mm-hmm. but you also have this love for him that he has no real... Like yeah, there is nothing never. that really indicates that he is going to be a successful quarterback in this league. Oh no! Nah. Like go look at his stats, bro. First Sad. of all, a Sad. seventh. Go look, pull up Gardner Minshew's stats for me, and I will give you a case. Didn't that we he's all actually see? Ever. We were no, all at that Jaguars. This, he was game, on right? a terrible, terrible fucking team. And the point is, he was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Like he's an right. outsider. Like I'm not saying that you should bet your franchise on it. But the whole point is this is I I think I just and the last thing is look I'm wearing the ECU shirt right now as he played for ECU for like five minutes and he has this great <laughs> swag and style so I just I love him but I, I want to oh I do remember the point I want to make and that is Cody I I agree with you a lot on some of this but I don't think Baker's the problem I think Sam Darnold's the problem. I think we need to cut Sam Darnold and just make it Baker Mayfield and Matt Corral. Yeah. And how about this is have a real competition then is that all, all right, let's say Matt Corral looks like he is this fucking phenom and he beats Baker out, which I don't think would happen, but okay. But if Baker gets hurt, then it puts Matt Corral in a position to where he could come in there and kind of show you what he's got without you putting all of your apples in that basket or whatever. But the problem now is, is that you have this muddled fucking thing. And I think Sam Darnold's a problem. I don't think it's, it's, it's Baker Mayfield. I agree with you, Tony. I, I, I said on Twitter, if the Panthers figure out some way to offload Sam Darnold 
and it was just Baker and Matt Corral, dude, I wouldn't say one more negative thing right. about this Baker right. Mayfield trade. Right. You just like, do it. You just roll well, with it. Let's just roll. And, and if they like, released him, would you not have a negative thing to say about it, though? Because then we're eating that salary regardless. Uh, dude, and, I don't care. We're eating dumb. it anyway. We're eating yeah. it, making yeah. it be a backup. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, and like that Pat was always Daddy, my reason for these. wanting. That was my. Oh, that was always my reason for wanting Sam Darnold uh, to start. Not because I like Sam Darnold, but because to me he represented a shorter bridge to seeing Matt Corral play right, football. Right, right, right. And I understand that point too. That's why we were not necessarily for trading for Baker. Right. Hit me up, Bat Daddy. Tell him. Give him the Baker fucking drip. I mean, not the Baker, the Gardner drip. Same, same. First year, 14 games, 91% QBR, which is fantastic. 32, 71 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's a damn good year. Is that more than Baker? That's a damn good year. He was drafted in the sixth fucking round. And played for Jack. Hold on, how many touchdowns did he have in like in fourteen games? In fourteen games, twenty-one. Okay, so that's less than two per game, right? But that's uh, more than Sam Darnold. My point for that is he was never asked to be the guy. He had the right. best defense in the league that year. Mm-hmm. No, he did not. He did. The Jaguars that, that did not the have The Jaguars. Them. Yes, they did. They were called Saxonville. Saxonville, yeah. That was the year that they went to the NFC Championship. That was when they went to the Super Bowl. No, that was the playoffs. They lost three games that year, bro. No. They can't have the best defense and win three they games. They went to the playoffs. Or no, that was Tannehill's year. No, no, yeah, yeah, that was before that. They did not have a good team. All right, right. listen to this. Second year, he only played nine games, 66% completion rating, a 95 QBR, 251 yards a game, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. Pretty good for nine games. The touchdown interception ratio is nice. I like this. And then his third year, he played four games. He had 439 yards in four games, four touchdowns, one interception. So, I mean, he has, he has pretty, pretty deep. You can win a Super Bowl with that. You know? Told y'all. Gardner mentioned, and he got drip, baby. He walks up in that mug and he looks. Hey, does he have more touchdowns right. than uh, Baker did? Well, first of all, how many did Baker have when they went to the playoffs? Thirty, maybe. Baker He's, had to set the record. He had thirty his rookie season, but he was also the number one pick, but also on a terrible team. So we'll give him that. But like. There is a difference between a guy stepping in who nobody thought was going to do it and do it versus the guy that was given everything and doing it. But can't you like, also can't, but my, my point with that, that situation is saying like that Cody wanting Matt Corral to start is a reach is, is the exact same reason why you would want Gardner Minshew to play. Right. Gardner Minshew beat those odds as well. Right. It's okay to guess where he, to, he starts for. You nobody. don't start for nobody. That's the right. problem. It's like right. he actually did what Cody wanted him to do. Imagine that. That's like Matt Corral coming. Imagine if read those that first year stat line again. If Matt Corral comes out next year as a rookie and plays in 14 games and has Rita's 32, 71 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, 66% completion rate, and a 91.2 QBR. Like if you had Matt Corral and, and did that, if he threw over 3,000 yards, had a three to one touchdown rating, 
and a 91 or 91 QBR. You'd be like, oh, he's the future of the motherfucking shit. But Gardner Minshew is a bum to y'all. All right, the number is 252-228-5090. And you know what? He is. Man, you know what? I mean, like, look, I'm not saying that Gardner Minshew is the fucking savior. I'm just saying this is like, I like certain players that go. Yeah. But you realize they might have kept him if they didn't have a chance to draft him. The Jaguars are always going to do stupid, not stupid shit, but just like radical shit. You know what I'm saying? They have the number one pick. If you have the number one pick, you're going Trevor Lawrence. You ain't going to stick with Gardner. So, by the way, as Bat Daddy points out, read that Baker thing. Baker in 2020, you were asking, had 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and a 95.6 QBR. That's barely better. With with 35.63. That's what I'm saying. You can win with that. What's wrong with that? That's that's winnable football, dude. What do you? I don't understand what's wrong with that. That is, I don't know. that is if you three guys. times better than what we've had in the last four years in Carolina. That's good. Carolina. And yeah. stop shitting on my boy. Stop <laughs> shitting on the dude with the drip. White there's, can. There's no, no shitting on him. My, my point for that it's statement not, was to say it's okay for Cody to want to be having Matt Corral it's be the starter for this not, team right now. You must hate him. It's not okay. But it will get just like yeah. it did for Gardner Minshew. It won't be enough to get you... The job, it just won't. I don't know, you know that that's true. That. It Jack didn't Prescott work in Jacksonville. The the it didn't have... work in. It didn't work anywhere else. It worked. At, the... it, it worked in Dallas. It's worked in Seattle with uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, it's worked in plenty of places. If, if Tony Romo doesn't get injured that year, Dak Prescott's probably still not. That Tony Romo's probably retiring this right. year. Right, but Dak guess Prescott's who, just starting. So guess who? What? Who they decided to go with all the way through the year, even when Tony Romo was healthy. They kept Dak Prescott in the game. They didn't take him yeah. out to let and Tony Romo play. Because he started also, out so great. I, I mean, he know. was like Dak eleven and big. Two. All right, let's go to the next call. Next, yeah. good conversation. Good it conversation. Is. Numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. My podcast brothers, how y'all doing, man? It's G Kavarsier. I know it's been a while, man. It's been yeah, a while. I've been busy, man. I've been really busy. Hey, just to start things off, man, I am happy for the Baker Mayfield trade. I mean, I am, and I went to Twitter and read all the posts and everything like that. One thing is pissing me off, man. I'm sick and tired of us Panther fans always wishing for the worst. They're saying, man, oh, he's going to suck, you. and... We're not we're not gonna get more than six wins or seven wins and eight wins the most. Can, can y'all just please stop it and give this dude a damn chance, man? They're like, come on, man. We need to wish for the damn best. That's what the hell I'm damn doing, man. You know what I'm saying? I really do believe that we're gonna make some noise this year. I, got a I really, really, really damn do, man. I to me, Baker is a fucking dog, man. He is, man. And you know the way I look at it, and this is just the the uh. The, the the crazy, crazy G Cavassier. Tom Brady went to a new team, won the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford went to a new team, won the Super Bowl. Baker Mayfield, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? If the light shines on Carolina, that would be something, wouldn't it? But uh, I see us doing pretty good, man. Keep pounding, y'all. Sam Darnold went to a new team. So, okay, look, I have a question for you. <laughs> Is it your obligation as a fan and by the way, legit question. I, 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 I literally want to know. Is it your job as a fan of a football team to always look at the glass half full 
No, I don't think I think it's important to be realistic, but I think as a fan, it's important to want your team to be to, to like to cheer for your team, to cheer for them to win. Like you when you show up to a game, you should be cheering for your team to win. Even if you know they don't, they're not going to. I think as a fan, it's your responsibility to still be cheering for them to win. Cause like couldn't that make the argument that if you took G's call right there, took out Baker Mayfield and input Sam Darnold, like that call might as well be from last year, right? And it would be the exact same And that's same how thing. we were last year until we right, weren't. But that, okay, we get so to am, be like that until we're not. Okay, so am I such a bad fan, and are yes. fans like me such a bad fan yes. for saying yes. everything that I have seen looks like every move the Panthers have made the last two years and yes. haven't been successful with? Does that yes. make me a bad fan for saying that? It, yes. It, not only does it look like that and feel like that, but I'm not going to give out any praise until I see that this isn't that. I don't want to say a bad fan because I don't like gatekeeper fans. Right. Like, I'm really, I do get irritated with gatekeeper. I think that your attitude is okay to have. And like, I think it's kind of like a necessary, right? It's right. like you need pessimists to balance out optimists, right? Like you need the, that like is that kind of counterweight, the yin and the yang to everything. So I don't think that criticism by default, it means you're a bad fan. Like, I don't think if you say negative or you disagree, or if you don't, like I've disliked players, I've disliked, you know what I mean? Like, but I do think rooting, unless you are trying to frame it in the idea of that, like our, short-term failure could lead to long-term success that's the only but like if you're rooting against the panthers like at some point the longevity of that argument has to go that you're not a fan of the Panthers. like i mean I, like what point like how long is it like three years later and you're still is, rooting against them and you're like oh well clear, you're clearly a falcons fan dick there, there's a clear differentiation between actively rooting against someone like it'd be one thing if i'm like i want i don't want baker to win a game and i want the first pick in the draft and that's i want him to shatter his, and i want that, him to tear his ACL like in the first game the whole time. no that's not what i'm saying because <laughs> you're so passionate my, my saying is this is a trap that lures us into everlasting mediocrity no and that's no, all no. the Panthers have ever known right. and that's why i take such a strong stance about Baker Mayfield. If the dude that's why we need out, you. No, that's why we need that voice. We need that voice in the room. We don't need to live in the echo chamber when it comes. Like, I mean, think about with politics. That's like one of the big problems yeah. with politics. It's like, it's like you're either you entirely agree with me or you're the enemy. Right. So we don't need you to. But I will say that, like, this is the kind of time we can be optimistic about Baker. This is the time we, like you said last year, we were trying to find reasons to believe in Sam. And guess what? We said this is like we were hopeful for Sam Darnold that it's going to work. He's going to be in a different place. And and then we said, you know what? But we ain't holding on to that. I think it would be more insane for you to hold on to that idea than it would be. So I think you should allow people to have optimism and allow people to be pessimistic. And the Tony, difference here, I'm a it, jilted lover. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The difference here, and I think, again, I'm riding the fence a lot on this, these conversations because I'm going right. back and forth <laughs> with the argument, right? The difference here in in the, the Sam Darnold argument, right? Last year, we were optimistic. We were like, oh, Sam Darnold never really got an opportunity, yeah. you know, things like We've seen Baker be successful. Like, it's it's happened. And now you can argue that it hasn't been consistent. That's fine. Not many rookies on their, not many people on their first contract are super uber consistent over their entirety of their entire thing. But his first year, he did really well as a rookie. His second year, he had a down year. His 2020 year, he had a fantastic year. Last year, he had a down year. You can argue the injuries had something to do with it. I don't really know how much that played a part into it. So the idea of even if you compare the two, at least we have an avenue of success that Baker has been able to to, to put on film, right? We never had that with Sam Darnold. Yes. So yes. the level, our our reason for optimism for Sam Darnold came purely out of maybe just he just never got a chance. Work. Maybe he just never got a chance. That was our optimism, right? And it was like we wanted that to be the case. We wanted to be able to say, Sam Darnold, we fixed him. Like that was going to be our our, yeah. our our like, and if we could do it for a second round pick, that was a, a just a nothing. That was nothing to to be able to get a franchise quarterback. Clearly, it didn't work, and it was a stupid decision in hindsight, right? Baker or it just didn't work. Maybe it's not stupid. Maybe it just didn't work. And it's kind of like this: is like you go buy that dollar scratch off ticket, mm-hmm. and it says you can win a million dollars or ten thousand dollars. Like you know, it always advertises the top prize mm-hmm. like we bought the dollar ticket and only thought about the 10 million dollar payout we mm-hmm. didn't think of that oh a dollar ticket is probably a loser number one and number two like the best it will do is two dollars well the, so, the, the main thing is you got to take a shot at some point in time i think the the this is just cody just doesn't like the idea of what we're going with and that's fine right but you've got to take a shot at some point in time. What happens to a UFC fighter if they get afraid to take, if they're afraid to take a punch? They're going to lose every fight, right? I or mean, what if got, you've, uh, you've, sometimes you're going to take it? You're going to take it on the chin, man, and you're going to make the wrong decision. But you've got to make a decision. And this was the funny the thing is, is I think Cody's fear right now. Right now, he knows if We're Sam Darnold's here. Up on Cody. If, well, if I, Sam Darnold's not, here, yeah. he knows I'm Matt Corral is going to have an opportunity to start this year. He right. knows that. Right. Right. I think Cody knows that with Baker Mayfield on the roster, there is a chance Matt Corral never sees the field this year. Right. Right. And I think there is a, like, yeah. so the, the thought that these two, like, again, to say that they're equal, that Sam Darnold is the same as Baker Mayfield. I think Cody really believe knows that Baker Mayfield is a step above and potentially much better than Sam Darnold. Yeah. But that, that also leads the idea of Matt Corral, not really getting a chance this year to be able right. to prove what he's done. And I think that's yes. where, again, similar to what yeah, we've that- done with Teddy Bridgewater, Right. Cody has, you know, and we all we, we let ourselves and I think we all did. And Cody, more so than most, um, fell in love with Matt Corral because we thought he was the future for the Panthers. And then you trade for Baker Mayfield. And now everybody sees there's maybe another alternative. And I think Cody's just, you know, like that, that I think right. that that and again, Cody, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that that rage and frustration falls back on Baker's, you know, maybe even unwarranted. Like if this, if we didn't have Matt Corral on the roster, I think you would probably be a little bit more happy about this. Yeah, but like I said, if they were to, if they were able to figure out a way to get rid of Sam Darnold, then I'm back to being just as happy as I, as I was before, right? Like it honestly for me it goes back to when we failed to build around Cam the mm-hmm. proper offensive line, then we let Cam go the wrong way, and the last 2 years 
have been just absolute trash yeah, at, at the quarterback position. Just and then, fumbling, like, fumbling. I, you know, I, I see everybody trying to pretend that Baker Mayfield isn't that. And maybe he isn't, dude. If I'm wrong, guys, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that you can all clown me until the end we of will. my days. We are. And he's a We're franchise quarterback. But, dude, until then, I have not seen a shred of evidence. I think we used the that word franchise. the exact same thing that we have been doing year in and year out. I think the franchise quarterback statement is kind of a cop-out. It's like you're either the greatest or you can't work. No, and it's like I almost like this. If we went to the bar and there were a couple of girls and there was one who was just out of our league, like long shot to take home, and you're like, I'm either taking her home or I ain't taking nobody home. But then <laughs> there's a couple of like <laughs> no, sevens dude. and eights are probably incredible in bed. Oh, no, dude. I'm like, very different with my like, quarterback. That's not a loss. That's not dude, a loss. I'm the franchise. You'd be like, is that a franchise lay? That's what I'm <laughs> like. How about that? Is that a franchise lay? Oh. All right. <laughs> no, the number is 252 We still got some questions to get time, through. We got to go. We're going to go through the next call. Next call. Hey, boys. It's today, Tuesday. Uh, I know you guys hopefully have a show going on tonight. Uh, oh. I know here, uh, Jamestown. Um, Again, I've been on vacation trying to catch up, uh, but I'm sure there's been plenty of talk about this Baker Mayfield signing. Uh, it's been all over the news everywhere. I know that the last time I called in, I stated it would be stupid if we did it, but we did it. Uh, so that was the first thing I wanted to comment on. I'm okay with it. Uh, I hope he does what we need him to do. Uh, but second of all, most importantly, I know about a month or so ago, you guys talked about helmets. Uh, so what you boys think about the new helmet release looks awesome. Can't wait to see all of that in black and then some. So those are the kind of small things I think you guys are talking about to keep our fans happy and kind of excited. So I hope that's done that for you guys too. Again, thanks for all you all do every day, weekend, week out. Everybody smash that thumbs up button, please. Yeah. And uh, we'll yeah. catch you on the flip side. Thank appreciate you. that rhino appreciate that love man uh yeah we've already talked about it we love the helmets and that's just further proof uh, we have not heard one person in our chat room or on twitter or in the cat calls that has a negative thing to say about these black helmets right. they're fire man they are aesthetically the best thing maybe that the panthers have ever done well i would say maybe changing the logo when they streamlined the logo in 2012, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of that. But other than that, this has just been... Uh, dude, the helmets are so perfect for us, man. Love it. Love it, love it, All love right. it. Next call. All right, look, check this out. This is Corey calling in for the third time, but look, check this out. Oh, God, I got the perfect analogy or metaphor, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're talking about comparing our quarterback room to foods. Baker Mayfield, okay. He's a 10-piece McNugget meal, all right? Now, he's a 10-piece McNugget meal from McDonald's. People talk a lot of shit. They may get a lot of hate. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't going to ever be the best thing you ever had in your life. But if you know what you're doing, when you you know what you're getting into when you go get into it, it can, it can, it can satisfy you. You don't want to have it every day, right? But if you just need something, you don't want to spend more than a few bucks on it. No. For sure, like you say, you can get you where you need to go, but you definitely don't want to take your lady out. 
to go get it. She's not going to get excited about it. Not for no special occasion. And, you know what I'm saying, definitely not when, you know what I'm saying, the lights are the brightest. You know, it, it ain't that. Right. Um, Matt Corral, Matt Corral is that fucking uh, pasta recipe that you've seen on Pinterest, uh, 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 Pinterest or Instagram that you haven't tried out yet, but you want to try it out. It could be bomb as fuck, or you could potentially fuck it up and just ruin dinner for everybody and end up going to get uh, McDonald's, right? So you 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 don't know. The jury's up in the air, but you know it, there's, there's a lot that could be done here. And even if you don't get it right, maybe the first time, you still got you know you can work and get better at it. You you, you can try it out. You're new. Um, Sam Darnold Sam Darnold is those fucking uh, gag jelly beans that look like regular jelly beans, but when you bite into it, it tastes like a fart. Like shit looks good. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the <laughs> physical traits are there. You know what I'm saying? Every, you, you might even start out thinking, oh, okay. And then, and, and, um, it's the worst thing you ever tasted me oh, in fucking life. Um, but yeah, let me, let me know what y'all think, man. Appreciate y'all. The popcorn, the popcorn jelly bean always makes me feel weird. It's like, wow, that yeah. really tastes like popcorn is fucking a mind fuck. Next call. Hey, what's good, Panthers family? This is, uh, C3 family. This is, uh, Gibbs, aka Notorious GIB. What's up, Twitter, you guys um, love the podcast. Just have some opinions uh, really quick. Um, you know, I was thinking about this Baker Mayfield. I've been hearing people talk about Baker and I'm sitting back listening. I understand people's uh, opinions on this matter, but I just think some people are spoiled by Cam Newton. Um, he's one of the, not one. He's the greatest QB in Panthers history. Um, but you gotta think back at the days of Chris Winkie, uh, Jimmy Clausen. These guys didn't only suck, they, Super they just suck. sucked the life out of the franchise. And I think those are two different type of quarterbacks or personnel. Um, these guys made it very hard to watch a football game. Yep. And I think, uh, Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold's in that category. And I also think, uh, I just have flashbacks of those days. I think Baker Mayfield gives us that edge that we need. And this man has something to prove. He doesn't have to win for the Panthers. He's not winning for the Panthers. He's winning for Baker Mayfield. If he has a great year, he's going to get a big contract. So this is bigger than the Panthers. And that's why I think there's going to be more success um, with Baker, um, especially than Sam Darnold. Um, I think this is going to be a fun year. I think he's going to surprise some people. Um, but he's not that bad QB that we've experienced in the past. And I can say that with confidence. But um, mm. this is one of the things I wanted to discuss. But, you know, Baker as a person, not concerned about that. Uh, he has that edge to him. He's going to, you know, good, bad, but he has a fire to him. I have no problem with that. But this is personal, like I said, so. It's going to be one of those things where I just think it's going to be a fun year. Um, just wanted to chime in on that, but you guys have a good night. The call of the night for me, and I'm going to tell you why, is that I, um, as I did this podcast for so long as I've been, I, I used to call it sharpening my Twitter sword for Cam Newton. Like I would defend Cam Newton against everything and it became so ridiculous the attacks that came at him 
that then I ended up even defending him in moments that didn't need defending that were indefensible. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like this It's like I had to. And the, the reason I say this is my man, the caller put his finger on the pulse on something that I have said for a long time. And that is you can criticize Cam Newton for like overthrowing a layup or missing this, like for his negatives. We can talk about the negatives, but so many times we overlook the positives. And like Cam Newton, I always said was this is like y'all take for granted when you have a quarterback and you bit and he is the like the shit like you believe in him and you don't got to worry about this conversation we're having right now like the land of having a quarterback is way cooler than the land of not having oh, a quarterback. Yeah. Dude, it's night and day yeah. i mean and when we lived when we had cam we lived in a land that mm-hmm. we believe what well, we had a quarterback mm-hmm. And you would say, yeah, is that our, is he, is the offensive line going to be good? Is he going to be healthy? Is this, you say all this, but you never went, oh, we don't believe in him. Right. And it's and like having way, a good job. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I have no problem saying that I am spoiled on this issue. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly Imagine if you were a Green Bay fan. Imagine if you were a Green Bay fucking fan. They had Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Gonna be hurting when Aaron Rodgers. But, leaves. Like, that's my that's my point though. Like, you know, we've spoken about this number of times on the podcast. Tony came over to my house one day before the game, and we talked about how we believed that we could win because of Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And what I'm you know, what I'm here to tell you is that that's what I want. There are there are quarterbacks right. in the NFL right now. It's a good feeling. That their their teams believe that about them. Justin Herbert's fans, Josh Allen's fans, Patrick Mahomes fans, Lamar yeah. Jackson, whatever. It's a you know good what I'm feeling. saying? It's a good yeah, feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling. We experienced it for a little while, and now we're just hoping that we can find some semblance of that feeling again. All right, next call. Yeah, it's me, C-Dog, man. Uh, I just woke up. What up, C? I've been going by the hour. But uh, I just got a quick couple of comments. A lot of fans excited about this helmet. We know this new helmet. It's all black helmet that we're going to uh, premiere on Thursday night football against the Falcons. Now, I was just it was funny to me that everybody was so excited. Like, yeah, I, I guess we're going to look good now while we lose. We're going to look sexy. Oh, we're going to look real sexy and cool while we lose games this year. Yeah, That's what I got to say about that new helmet. Baker Mayfield is a motherfucking bum. I'm not going to change my goddamn thoughts on that until he go out here and show me otherwise. Until then, he's a fucking bum like goddamn Sam Darnold. Then, if you really think about it, man, Sam Darnold probably has a better arm than fucking Baker Mayfield. And he's bigger than Baker Mayfield and probably stronger than Baker Mayfield. And I already know he's more mobile than Baker Mayfield. No stat shows that. But, uh, man, make sure you got them white. You got your motherfucking feet off when you come in this motherfucking goddamn chat, man. Make sure you got hey. them like your motherfucking feet off on the motherfucking like button and make yeah, sure you right. motherfucking subscribe. Yeah. And for all Do you that. motherfuckers who don't like me goddamn cussing all the goddamn time, man, hit the motherfucking like button and goddamn subscribe. And maybe I'll stop all the yeah. fucking F bombs. And to then hit the fucking like button, fucking subscribe, you fucking pussy cats. 
good night <laughs> for your show, fellas, as always. See, dog, appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Subscriber shame, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Sea Dog is the look, a, a lot of times like G Baby and Sea Dog might run rub people the wrong way. Bro, I love passion. Mm-hmm. Those men, they love their football team, yo. So that's why I rock with them, man. We don't we don't stifle opinions here on the Secret Podcast. And look, I said the same thing. I do think Sam has a better arm. I know the stats might not measure that out. I hear you, Bad Daddy. I'm just saying from a pure film perspective, watching the, oh the, the, the throw and the zip, I do think he does have a little more arm talent. But again, I know I'm probably splitting hairs here, but I, that, I, I agree, man. I think a lot of ocean, us are on bro. to prove it. It's Bill. the motion in the ocean. That's like saying this. It's just because you got the bigger, you know what, that you're better in you know where. And that's not the truth. I don't know. I need you to be more specific. Yeah, say what. I can't be more specific. We got children listening to this podcast. And I'm already hypersexual when it comes to all of my analogies. Oh, you're talking about that? Oh, my Uh, gosh, uh, Tony. Hey, Z. Jeez. Say it. Say it. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm a big fan of the show. And uh, I just want to pose a question. Um, a topic that I've been seeing a lot on Twitter, you know, and Panthers Twitter. And that is, you know, there's been so many people saying, you know, oh, DJ's going to have a career year and Robbie's going to bounce back and, and CMC's going to bounce back and, and, and Terrence Marshall Jr. and um, Tommy Trimble, you know, they're all going to have breakout seasons well, with Baker at QB. And I mean, I get the excitement, but I, I kind of sit back and look. I'm like, when did Baker ever elevate any of those pass-catching threats in Cleveland? Like, when did any of those guys ever have, like, a career year? Or, like, go off or, like, ball out? Yeah. Like, when did Odell ever do that? When did Jarvis Landry or, or Joku, like, you know, he just oh, handed the ball Joku. off to the and, and Thomas, chugged the whole time, you know, so they're different running backs. Falls. But, you know, I think the point remains true, like, for the pass-catching guys, like, who did he ever elevate? Who ever thrived under Baker in Cleveland? So I mean, that's just you know, that's Browns, something I, I've noticed. The fucking I think Browns. it's a fair question to ask. I don't mean that. Um, these Panthers fans are just assuming all of our skill position players, specifically the pass catching people, are going to have some tremendous year. Now we have Baker. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it, guys, and uh, keep pounding. Oh, I so got this one. Go. Uh in Joku. Let me applause for that man. Uh in Joku, rookie when he comes in there. Okay. So yeah, he needs a tight end, not a wide receiver. So I mean, how many tight ends are breaking numbers like wide receivers are? Uh Jarvis Landry was old, and Jarvis Landry has never been an elite receiver in the NFL. He's been an okay receiver. Uh Odell Beckham was injured. And, much every uh, year. and and Baker Mayfield's numbers got significately better when Odell because Beckham left. <laughs> no, after Baker left. And I'm sorry, when your dad needs to call to get you, you know, get on Twitter after to get, Odell to get traded, then, uh, you know, I lose That's a little bit. I'm so tired of y'all draft fucking nerds saying yeah. Njoku, <laughs> Njoku is the exact thing I told y'all not to do. Don't draft a fucking tight end mm-hmm. in the top 15 man bro like he's like i'm not trying to shit on him as a talent entirely but y'all act like he's a game changer he's just all right 
Well, yeah. the the part of it is is like you know the 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 question is when has he ever elevated the talent around him? Um, I don't know that you can say that he has been the detriment of the talent around him, mm-hmm. right? I don't think you could say that. I, now, to be fair. And this is where the argument then lies. I think he elevated that that wide receiver core more so than Sam Darnold ever has elevated any position groups on his team. So again, we're talking about if we're talking about what's going to give us the best opportunity to win, it's Baker Mayfield. Like that's just yeah. hands down as far as any of the options that were available to us, Baker Mayfield provided the best opportunity. All right, next call. Yo, what's good, C3? It's JD, 5'4". JD? I'm calling in, not not to really uh, speak on uh, the quarterback situation, but I was watching a film on some of the guys who brought in a free agency, and if if I'm remembering his name correctly, Corey Littleton, I think the the linebacking play this season, the defense as a whole is going to look a hell of a lot better, but I think the linebacking play is going to be a lot better than people may be expecting it to be. Um, in his film, in Littleton's film, when he was with the Rams, uh, the things that I saw that he looked really good at doing, attacking the run, which is obviously something we, we haven't had from the little linebacker. But in pass coverage, he plays similar to how Luke played. Like, multiple times, he would he, he bait a quarterback into throwing. He stepped in front of him picking. Um, but yeah, like him, um, I, I spoke on it last week about how I'm excited to see what Brandon Smith has. Um, but yeah, I, I expect this defense to be a lot better against the run. Um, there, there's still the question marks about the defensive end position is YGM going to take it, but I'm feeling very optimistic. Um, love to get you guys' uh, opinions on it. But yeah, that, that's, that's what I want to call in and. All right, this is a great time right here. Um, if we got two more questions to power through and a couple more calls, is YGM a starter, right? Or is, is that like a second-year player, defensive end, suffering injuries? We have five questions facing the Carolina Panthers going into training camp. Is, is it YGM's moment to step into the starting role, or do we expect this to be a Marquise Haynes YGM rotational moment with the hope that we sign Carlos Dunlap is the name that a lot of people have wanted. What do you guys think? Because a uh, second year for a uh, defensive end is usually not their best. I've always said that defensive ends who are not freaky, freaky diggy like Julius Peppers or Jadavion Clowney, it's year three that they come into being. Do you see Gross Matos actually taking the, Limelight, the spotlight from Terrace Marshall Jr., Cody. I want to shout out Panther Pickle. He might not be listening still, but on the free-for-all yesterday, he made a comparison between a YGM and Charles Johnson. And basically that uh, Charles Johnson, his first three years, he, he was kind of in a rotation. He didn't really have that opportunity to be like the full-time starter right away. And he still did pretty good. And he was talking about how you could easily see YGM as on a similar trajectory to a Charles Johnson. I mean, similar builds, similar bodies. And they kind of had to play that rotation role. Um, I'm very optimistic about YGM. 
I loved his film coming out of college, out of Penn State. I didn't like a lot of the technical part. I'm hoping that he's continued to build on that. But, I mean, that was the original dream, to have a really good bookend defensive end on the other side of Brian Burns. Um, and I'm just hoping that he continues to get uh, an opportunity to do so. Because I really do believe that ultimately the Panthers want to be a 4-3 defense. Some might say that we're better aligned or that we're better off being a 3-4 due to our personnel, but I really think that the Panthers want to be a 4-3 and having a really heavy, strong, powerful run stuff in defensive end, that's what we've been in need of. And frankly, I think that's why they were okay with letting Hassan Reddick walk out the door too because they weren't those big, powerful edge setters. And YGM, he might not have proven that yet, but he does have the potential to be that kind of a player. The, the problem with the Charles Johnson analogy is that he was playing one on the other side of Julius Peppers, who was the most right. dominant defensive end, right? So, But you could say this is that Brian Burns ain't no slouch. He certainly ain't no Julius Peppers. Though. And then the other thing is, it's year three. This is my argument. The year three is big for this type of player. It was big for Charles Johnson is exactly who I'm talking about. It was year three that he stepped into his own. We try to rush these defensive ends a little bit much in the NFL currently. And um, I hope it. I hope it can... I hope he can step into that role. I really do. Is that? But remember what happened. Coney Ely almost won the fucking MVP of yeah. the Super Bowl as a rookie, and is not playing in the league anymore. I I just uh, I don't know if he's going to be a starter by the end of the year. I hope he is. If he is, that means he's healthy, and he has been what we thought he could be. All right, next call. Hey, what's up, 63? Appreciate everything y'all do. This is the man that was here, somebody else, aka the real AP. Thanks for having me on a couple of weeks ago, Cody. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, this is a make it or break it season. I don't give a shit what's going on. It, for fans, for players, everybody, coaching staff, the urgency button has been hit. Maybe the panic. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't I don't know what's gonna come out of this man, but Sam, Baker, PJ, it doesn't matter. And I'll keep preaching it and I'll dial on this hill, man, until that old line gets fixed. Hey, I don't care who you put back there. Ain't nothing gonna happen. Nothing. And I'm just being real with it. I appreciate everything y'all do. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. Keep pounding. Appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, good. Look, I, you know, uh, again, there are there are reasons to be optimistic about this team, you know, and I feel like every year we right. feel that way. You know, we Baker all feel bottom. Oh my God, you're Baker bottom optimism. <laughs> Shut up, dude. I'm just saying we have good players. We do every year, and it just seems like there's something that happens, like a large hole opens up, and everything just vortexes around this big hole for the past few years it's been the offensive line quite literally making big holes for defenders to run through um Ugh. so i mean i don't know it's what's the be vortex this year beyond quarterback it's Baker probably linebacker Mayfield. man 
No, beyond quarterback. Yeah, linebacker. Linebacker is still something I think Question. we're all concerned about. We need just to because we don't know. We don't yeah, know. We don't. We, we don't know about Littleton. We don't know if Brandon about uh, the cat killer. Yeah, we really. We just don't know, man. We, we don't know what we don't know. So. Still the best story. Still the best story, folks. If you don't know this, what's the guy's name? The the other linebacker, Boy, not Littleton. The he came from I Dallas. Know. He fake killed the cat. I mean, I it's like a fucking phenomenal. I know who you're talking story. about. I can't remember his name. But he fake killed the cat, like where he was getting a fight with his girlfriend, and he wrapped her laptop up in a blanket and smashed it on the ground and told her it was a cat. Like he was like, right. and I will smash speckles or sparkles or whatever. And she's over there crying, thinking the cat's brains got messed out, and she was like, "Fuck, even worse, my <laughs> laptop just got. Oh, that's messed up." All right, next call. Two, uh, two more. I think this is God damn. What it do, boys? This your uh, boy Mike, aka Supremely Time. What's up? Oh man, what? been a minute, boys. Um, you know, I'm sitting here, uh, drinking my mega pint right now, <laughs> uh, chilling. Oh, shit. Um, oh, and I got to the podcast late, and I'm, I'm just trying to know when, uh. When is the uh, the fan fest meetup? I think it's going to be before or after or during mm-hmm. August eleventh. Mm-hmm. Um, let me know, boys. I do it before trying to roll through and uh, oh, you know, shit. bring my mega pint cup and you know, get litty with y'all boys. Hey. Um, yeah. Um, let me see. Um. Yeah, yeah, Baker Mayfield, blah, 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 Matt Rule, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Look, it's, I, I watched the podcast uh, last week, and it's like Cody against the world. You know, Cody was like Thanos, and then, you know, you guys were yeah. like Iron Man, Thor, and fucking Captain America. I but, need you to specify who's who. Uh, That's important for my Try to make it through. You know, whatever happens, we're going to keep fucking pounding. So let's fucking go. Panther Pride till I die. What's up with the fan fest? Motherfuckers, keep pounding. Would you rather be Captain America, Aquaman, or Thor? Uh, Thor, 100%. Oh, Greg, and you are fighting over it. Bad Daddy's got the hammer, though, so he gets to call dibs on Thor, I feel like. Why ain't the old Captain America just too goody-goody two-shoes for anybody? Oh, he'd be badass. Don't get me wrong. Captain America, the The, movie Captain America? Would Steve Rott, like, um, be badass? The only issue I have with Captain America is he is the exact same human being that the Nazis were trying to create. So, like, <laughs> we wish you had you're actually Captain Germany, right? He is you're like Captain honestly, Nazi. Oh, that's funny. Like, he's that's just so- everything that they wanted. So, I just like I have a hard time like being uh, rooting for that. But, like, like, yeah, I mean, it's would you all right? What about just the actor themselves, not the superhero? But because I think of it as Jason Momoa, would I rather be Jason Momoa? Or oh, gosh, Jason Thor? Momoa. Out of all three, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think know, I'm going to be Aquaman, be and I can't swim that well. 
I, Dude, I, I I'm basically a like a handicapped Jason Momoa. I'm the next best thing. No, you're Thanos. I mean, yeah, dude. You're Thanos. Man. Don't forget, we're all fighting you, bro. Y'all are crossing streams. Who's Iron Man? We're missing. Hey, hey don't worry. I'm just oh. taking on three at the same time. <laughs> oh, 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 I'll be uh, Iron Man. I'll, I'm, I'm good with that. I do want to say that we will indeed be at Fan Fest. Yes. Uh, at, at least three of the four boys will be. Tony, yeah, I won't be Tony thinks it's important to, to, Sorry. Tony thinks it's important to like have Thanks, a man. life and like do shit with your family. What a weirdo, right? But uh mm. yeah, your boys will be at Fan Fest and uh come say hi, man. Yeah, we'll we'll be hanging out. You'll be seeing us around there. Uh, I think we need to plan a little bit more. The question really bo- boils yeah. down to what's the plans. And I don't know if Greg sounds like he has to be at work the next day. So I'm not sure if a brunch the following day would work. But I did have to be at work the next day. But I was going to say, I just scheduled a doctor's appointment in Salisbury. So I'd have a legitimate excuse to take a sick day that day to drive down to Salisbury. And then from Salisbury, I'm going to jump down to Charlotte. So there oh, you go. Snap. Yeah. All right. So uh, before, it. after, before, during, and after is the answer to that question. The last call of the night, right here, and we have two questions left to get to, and that is, who's going to start at guard, and is Christian McCaffrey overrated? We got to get to him. We prep for it. We put the time into it. Last call of the night. Hey guys, this is uh, Jedi George. It's been a minute since I called in. Um, Jedi, what's up? It's probably the end of the show, so I don't know if you guys will get to me. But um, basically, over the past few months, being a Charlotte sports fan between the Panthers and the Hornets, it's been one shit, one hell of a shit show. Um, yeah. I've been trying to like figure out what my feelings are on this Panthers team, and I really can't, you know, put my finger on it. I've, you know, one day I feel like, you know, maybe we can shock the world and win ten games. Another day, I feel like it's just another five-year season, five-win season again. And uh, you'll feel right like five both years of those it. days. You're right. I don't even know what days. exactly I want out of this Panthers team because honestly, I don't have any faith in Matt Rule. I mean, I feel like some people feel like, hey, let's see what he has. But after two years, there's literally nothing that inspires me about Matt Rule, like. At least with Rivera, after you know the first two years of not very good season, uh, record-wise seasons, like we saw the buildings of something special at the end of that second season, and it was like, all right, if we can get this team, you know, for a whole season, we might have something, and it culminated in the 2015 Super Bowl run. So I, I just don't have any of that kind of feeling with this team, like. I don't know what our direction is. I don't know what brings this team together as a team. It's just a bunch of guys who are really talented playing football. And um, as far as Sam Darnold goes, uh, pretty much all the way out on him, everybody else is. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I think Baker could come in and help. But we don't even have a guarantee if, you know, Matt Rule, not the fool again, if he's even going to play Baker because it looks like it's going to be an open competition. And depending on, you know, what dirt Sam Darnold has on Matt Rule, he might get the nod week one and, you know, who knows. But anyway, uh, that's just my venting. Uh, 
All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jenna Jordan. A lot of good comments there. And um, see, dog, you guilted me into it. The second call. It's there. I see it. And one more thing, real quick, with me, see, dog, calling that one more time. Make sure you hit this motherfucking like button and make sure you motherfucking subscribe. <laughs> He's like, I'm just giving you an on? advertisement, bro. Uh, God, what was I going to say? I haven't heard anybody say anything about it, but uh, the guy that was over Tepper Sports has resigned today. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. my personal yeah, opinion like is because of the uh, what happened at Rock Hill. And he's been dealing with stuff like that ever since the Steelers. So him cutting ties with David Tepper, just letting you know that he, he doesn't feel like David Tepper is handling, handling business properly or in the business manner and everything. But I haven't heard anybody, no other uh, Panther podcast really talk about it, you know, but the head guy over Tepper, sports management and everything resigned today. And it has to have something to do with Rock Hill. The rock kill, you know what I'm saying? Debacle. But besides that, great show again, like always. Make sure you hit the motherfucking like button. Make sure you motherfucking subscribe. Great show, fellas. Everybody have a goddamn great fucking night. Thank you. See hey, you appreciate you, great, Steve. Great, great supporter of the show. Uh, love that. And I'm glad that you uh, reminded me to play the call. He's referring to Mark Hart. Uh, Kenneth Panther Pickle sent this to us on Twitter. Mark yeah. Hart, Chief Operating Officer of Tepper Sports and Entertainment, is the third high-ranking official to resign. Panther spokesman concerned Hart had been with David Tepper since 2018. You know, I think uh, the easy, the easy analysis here is to just go: things aren't working and things are going bad. So people are quitting, but I continue. I try to remind myself that Tepper is part of this like high pressure, high intensity. Um, I just started watching the show Billions. I mean, not just what I mean. This show has been out forever. It's got six seasons. I've tried watching it twice, but I'm back at it again. And it's about a hedge fund manager. Might as well be like a better looking hypersexual david tepper you know what i'm saying it's like it's just like this guy that's just manipulating everything can fucking do whatever he's got the fucking fuck you money as they you use it and it just feels like this is that that's kind of part of that game the high intensity people are there they you know they go on to other opportunities i don't know if it necessarily means everything's bad i almost wonder if that is his stock market hedge fund attitude to where it is like we push you to the brink and that's the whole goal is to get you to quit in three years people say working for amazon is like ridiculously exhausting and stressful and i don't know if it's just i don't know if it just means things are bad or if it's just the work type environment uh dude it's like it's a trend it's a real trend now. It's not something that we can like just kind of poo-poo and push to the side, you know. I mean, this is, um, you know, it's a it's a real trend. Uh, you know, a lot of this I wonder is just how much is it David Tepper being new to sports? I mean, yeah, I know he was a part owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
but I think having this level of control in the organization, even still, is not necessarily something that he's used to. And he's still having to get used to the day-to-day processes of all this. And I think he's still trying to learn what kind of culture and what kind of organization he's truly trying to build. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. Like It could be some sign of, I don't know, a toxic work environment or all these number of things that we could speculate on. Or just high pressure. Yeah, but I'm willing to think a part of it is probably just that pressure and just a lot of people not really knowing the best way to go about doing things. Or, and we don't know if they just got a bet. They could have had another opportunity, too. But you're right. I mean, there yeah, are. It's like where there's smoke, left. where there's smoke, there's often fire. Let's go to the final question of five questions facing the Carolina Panthers going to training camp. We got to know that we don't know what this offensive line is going to look like. And I don't think we're going to answer it here with this question, but this is on our mind as we watch training camp unfold is who are the guys that are taking the reps and where we draft a Kimaquanu uh, at what? Six, where were we? Six or eight, whatever we were at this year. Top, Yeah. Uh, He's seen to be as just a great kind of, like the black helmet for the Carolina Panthers is like just a 98% approval rating for everybody. It's like a chemical news. Like who's nobody's over here talking bad about it. The analysts, the fans, you want to see him start at left tackle, but there's been, you know, you got Brady Christensen, potentially we might see a chemical play a year at guard and Brady Christensen at left tackle. And we might see them go vice versa but you're kind of looking at the left guard and the right guard positions as being very telling of what this offensive line will look like. And what I mean by that is first you can look at, like I said, that left side with Aquanu and Brady Christensen, but you're also looking at Austin Corbett, um, Bozeman, where are they truly playing? So I think this is a question we will be looking at is less like if I was advising someone how to get the most out of this training camp, the most intel, it would not be to look at who's playing tackle, but more interestingly, who is playing guard at both sides. I think that gives us more intel, and that's all I got to say on it. Yeah, I I mean, do do one of y'all want to jump in on this first? I kind of feel like I've Going on this, yeah. Yeah. I think it's more about not the answer to the question, but don't you think this is a question to look at? Like that's kind of what we've been looking at. I want it to be like, uh, pardon me, CK. Here, CK, go first, and then I'll go after you. Well, I was going to say. I mean, ultimately, this is just saying. You know, this is one of the questions I think we all want to have answered uh, pretty early on in this training camp, right? We don't want to constantly go all the way until that first week and not really know what what we have as an offense. If it gets to the week one and we don't know, like there's that much uncertainty, my confidence for this O-line goes down tremendously. So the training camp has to open up, like has to answer that more definitively than what we've, I feel like we've gotten with a lot of the questions when we go into training camp. We don't know until literally the final cuts about who is going to be where and who's going to be considered uh, what position starting, whether they're just going to be a second string or, or what. We've, we've had that happen too often over the past couple of years, and oftentimes it's on a position group of weakness, and it just continues. Like if we can know going into it 
Like if we see Icky is starting at left tackle every single time Brady Christensen's going over to left guard, then I mean I'm fine with us being able to push forward with that that being our lineup. But if it's constantly like we're going to start Brady at left tackle and then Icky at left guard, and then we're moving Icky to right guard, which would be stupid. But let's say we make that decision. Right. We're moving him over this. We're doing all like it's just this this merry-go-round. I don't think any of us want to have to go on. Put them somewhere that you feel like they're going to stick. Figure it out early on and let them get the reps in instead of having to worry about whether or not they need to, you know, they, they're they going to be good over here or better over here. Put them somewhere, get the reps in so that at the beginning of the season, they're prepared and ready to go. Agreed. Yeah, I wish that there was something of a competition. I don't even mean like competition. I just wish that there was maybe a little more um, experimentation just because I do think that the left tackle and left guard could be a little more interchangeable. I don't necessarily love Brady Christensen playing at guard. So part of me felt like if he was best suited as a tackle, hey, I, I love putting a Kevin Corner at guard. I'm not one of these people that inherently views left tackle or rather left guard as inherently less valuable than left tackle, even though that's kind of like the common knowledge. Um, I don't know, man. I just think if you want to be a run-first football team, having nasty guard play is essential. And I think that uh, Ikem McQuarrie would would be able to be incredible at that downhill-thumping guard that would just absolutely be destroying linebackers on the second level. And you would let that man right there, Christian McCaffrey, run behind him. So, and, and by the way, when I, ever, when I even mentioned this on Twitter, people get all bent out of shape. Like I'm saying that Kevin Kwanu can't play left tackle. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if we want to run the football, do it behind Kevin Kwanu and do it at guard, you know? But I do think that Kevin Kwanu is going to be the left tackle. And I think they've already penciled that in. All right, uh, final segment. Well, we got two little bits we got to do. We did this prep. I'm committed to it. If you got to go, you got to go. But we got to get these ISO picks in. We always finish with ISO picks. But I wanted to do this. I asked Greg, the stat daddy, the bat daddy. I'm interested in this question right here, Greg, is that um, people, and I got to get the right layout. Which this is where we way don't. You, I think the way you just had it was better, the best, yeah. With all of us vertically on the side. No, all right. right so, yeah, yeah, take the yeah. comments down. No comments during this segment. No comments because we got to see Greg while we're talking this. I saw this thing is that somebody said that Christian McCaffrey was the second most overrated player in football. And I thought this. It's a bit on NFL Network. Like, this is what you do in the offseason. Right. But is it what? Yeah, I mean, it just kind of is, like, what you have to talk about at this point. But is Christian McCaffrey, who is Christian McCaffrey? We had this discussion a little bit about the kids' gloves versus, for you know, just throwing them out there. What do we, is he rated? Is he overrated, underrated, or just rated? I, I think that it was Chris Canty, I believe, was the person who said it. Um, I believe they just misused the word overrated. What I think happened is he drafted him for his fantasy team last year and he got injured. 
So he was planning on Christian McCaffrey just tearing up the it fantasy happens. league. It happens. It, it ha- yeah, I, I have too. But what I'm saying is he 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 misused the word overrated is not what Christian McCaffrey is. Like I said, we'll go through these stats and you'll see he even with the time missed is one of the best weapons in the NFL. Period. Um, I think maybe injury prone, maybe unreliable. Right. Maybe more be word, unreliable than injury prone. Okay. Yeah, overrated is the wrong word. When he's on the field, he is easily a top the top three lethal weapon in the nfl offensively i i i agree with that but again i i have a like even the unreliable aspect of it i think there's just a large portion of this that's a bit misleading i do believe he's been injured don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but i think the majority of his games that he has missed has been because there's no point to put him back in the in the amen 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 i say to you like and so even with that, the availability aspect of it is a big question mark. Has he been hurt? Yes, he has. Has he been hurt to where he can't play? Maybe a couple of games. Yeah. But for the most part, no, I don't think so. I think no, they that, put him on that pup list or the IR, well, right? Remember, and it was just like, remember Teddy's we... year. Teddy's year, CMC actually expressed frustration in the middle of the year because he felt like he could go. He felt like mm-hmm. he could play. And mm-hmm. then it's... You know, they they didn't put him back in. And it was because we were in a lost season, right? And I think that there was already at that point in time, there was concerns about overusing Christian McCaffrey inherently at that point anyway, right? We've already had that conversation. And because of that, there's probably going to be a little a little bit of fear involved with putting him back into the game with that being, you know, really a purposeless, you know, movement. I think when you look at these numbers, I don't think he's overrated at all. I think right now, if anything... Um, I wouldn't underrated? say he's underrated because mm-hmm. he is still listed as number two on most draft boards, right? Mm-hmm. Like just behind Jonathan Jones or uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and so I don't know if you could technically say he's underrated, but I think he is valued appropriately in fantasy circles. Um, but from right. media talking heads, I don't think, I think he's underrated. So that you can say you could be overwhelming, underwhelming, or whelming. He's whelming at this point. Greg, tell us really quickly about the stats, what we should think about who Christian McCaffrey is as a player. Well, you know, like I was saying earlier, we've got this one right here with just just his career stats. And just looking at them alone through 58 games, a 4.6 average for running back is something you would love to have in a running back. So people like who say he can't run between boom. the tackles. Yeah. yeah. People who say he can't talk, run between the tackles, that's a pretty damn good average. Uh, 30 touchdowns, 30 rushing touchdowns as a running back through 58 games is <laughs> is a pretty damn good average. I mean, yeah. 3,500 yards. I mean, th- this, these numbers are amazing that he's putting up. So there's nothing you can never statistically. The yeah. receptions are just insane. Two, insane. One, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can I talk tried about. To, I tr- well, I tried to look up bad stats for Christian McCaffrey to be able to juxtapose them next to these good stats, and I couldn't find them. There are no mm-hmm. bad stats for Christian McCaffrey other than mysteries. Other than other than injury, yeah. Um, this right here is just I went back to 2017 when he was drafted, so I just did everything from 2017 up to this point, and this is with him missing the games and other running backs being involved in the games. He is still first in reception or um, receiving yards per game at 52. He's second in targets at 438. He's second in receptions. This is among running backs. Second in receptions in 357. Still 15 games behind people. He's second receiving yards in th- uh, 3,015, 15 games behind people. Uh, eights in yards per carry, 12th in rush- rushing yards, which 
you haven't played 50, you played 15 less games than everybody else, and you're still top 15 in rushing yards, don't tell me the guy can't run. 14th in rushing touchdowns and 14th in attempts. So he's top 15 in every stat playing 15 less games than everybody else has. Oh, and receptions, by the way, he is 19th overall in the NFL, not just running backs. Right, not just uh, everybody. Yeah, of everybody. And that's missing 15 games. 10th total in touchdowns. That's why he's a fantasy Miss, monster, yeah. man. It's insane, Here's the, man. This is the year of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that he, is either the year he is or he isn't. Because he's had two great years and two years that have been hobbled by that have been absent absentee Mm -hmm. this is the year this is the year that kind of tilts the scale a little bit on the narrative Mm -hmm. of is christian mccaffrey underrated overrated or rated and then you'll have to go to the next year and the next year but if he gets hurt this year then more credence lends to the injury overrated hurt injury prone if he has a great year this year people are going to forget right about that all right Mm -hmm. and it's a recency bias so fantastic stuff thanks for the stat daddy the bat daddy putting that Mm -hmm. together cody lashney can we ice some fools up please and get towards the end of this show i said we're going to keep it tight these callers they keep calling we keep talking. We keep oh, dude, arguing. Anytime you say we're going to keep it tight, I'm like, better buckle in for a long one, boy. We oh, still dude. did. I felt we're, like we were very We're an hour shorter than last week, right? Now. We are still. Oh, hold on. Let's think about this. We're still in the off season. There's been oh, no yeah. new news this past week. We went oh, three hours. God. Imagine what the fuck this is going to look like during the I season. Know. We're going to have to take naps and shit. See, I'm going to have to, goes I'm gonna have all to put night PTO in every Wednesday morning. Like, I'm going to have to be I'm gonna like, have to get, like, we're going to have to do cocaine and drugs to stay up. <laughs> worth it. Let's do some fucking ice up, boys. <laughs> it's that time to ice up. To or it's the longest running segment actually on the show. Like it's one that we've done for. Uh, it goes back. This goes back to since he said it, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Funny. Is uh, t- that was that 2013 maybe or 2013? Um, Steve Smith Monday Night Victory over Tom Brady to live. Uh, not to live. Uh, I always call him. Talib Kweli, Akeem Talib, <laughs> whatever the Akeem fuck his Talib. name is. Uh, Talib Kweli is the rapper, and he's great. He yeah. hangs out with most deaf. But hey, oh, also, I just want to say, ice up, tough I did want to say before we go further, shout out to the Bat Daddy for all the cool graphics and oh, bumpers and intros yeah. that we've been using tonight. If you yeah. like the new intro, like the ice up, the cat calls. Greg's been putting in work, man, making some really cool That's shit. That's the so Bat Daddy. Shout yeah. out to the Bat Daddy, y'all. Yes, sir. Making yeah. the show look nice. Love that. Love that. This uh, is the point where we tell them to ice up, toughen up to get together. Everybody, if you're not familiar with this segment, anyone, everyone is fair game. This is where the one time, not the one time in the show, but the time that we dedicate where it doesn't even have to be about football. It can be about life. We're going to, you know, our homage to Steve Smith is to tell someone, to ice up, toughen up, get it together. Who wants to do it first? Uh, I'll, I'll get mine out of the way. It's real quick and it's low hanging fruit. Just what we were just talking about. I was going to go with Canty just for the misuse of the word overrated and just coming out there 
in saying this at all, like this is a person who scorned from fantasy football. That's the only reason you can look at Christian McCaffrey and not think he's one of the most amazing offensive weapons in the NFL. When you watch him play or you look at his stats, there is nothing about Christian McCaffrey that's bad minus the injuries, but that doesn't rate to overrate it. So for that, I saw it. I saw like it. Uh, do you guys remember what did I, I saw last week? Does anybody, first of all, we went five, four hours. So late. Was it this plane with these people jumping out? I don't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then I've got uh, the dual ice up pick again tonight, which I had the plane one still locked and loaded. Uh, one is this, and I want to shout out sal- at salesman. You can find at ninety five. Actually, it's at ninety five. Keep pounding, salesman. He's like a brother from another mother in so many ways to me. When on Twitter. Uh, I saw this one. He put this tweet up. And this is my first one. And uh, hold on, here we go. Let me see this. Let me see this. All right, these kids on this boat doing this. So this kid tries to load up the boat on autopilot. Oh my gosh. And so he finds stupid. a good space to, I guess, go straight while his buddy is. So he then falls and busts. Oh, and then no. this guy tries to get up into the boat to take over. The, yeah. Oh, and then no. this boat just continues to go. That's my first one. My second one. So ice up to these morons. Oh my! I mean, God. just straight. What was the end of that on. looking like? Did it did it run into something? No, just no. Nah, they just they don't show that part because it's just on a GoPro. My other one is on AOC, and I don't like. Mm. I don't want to be overly political, and I don't even really care about y'all's feelings about the Roe v. Wade shit. Did you um, say AOC? Yeah. Ah, no, nah, I didn't steal it. I'm going a different way on this one, so okay. you can still have yours. Because I laughed at the big booty joint. Like, I laughed. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that was <She's> <laughs> so, so she goes, oh, the state police should have arrested this dude. That's what, or like, the, or the Capitol Police don't protect us. That's what she said after the guy was like, oh, look at that hot. T-. I laughed when he said hot <laughs> tamale. I went nuts. I was like, all right, that was funny. Dude, Rude. People are already, people are already ma- maiming the clip of her. She's like, oh. look at that booty. Look at oh, that it's the best. You booty. are people. You are. You are. Yeah, me, people. dude. Me. Dude. I love uh, that type of shit. They staged a protest. Or not staged. That makes it sound like it was a fake. Pro- there was a protest uh, on the Supreme Court steps, t- steps today yeah. um, against the Roe versus Wade. Obviously, AOC, very Democratic, heavy, opposite to this. And I don't care what y'all feeling about it. I'm not even going to have my opinion on any of it. But so she gets arrested. So I got the dual ice up pick on this because she gets arrested and her Twitter. So they're carrying her out or car- and she has her arms fake behind her. Yeah. She's not even hanging. She's not cuffed. She's, she's not, not cuffed. And at one point, at one point she raises her arm up like fight the man 
by the way, a huge smile on her face. uh, No, and so you know what? I mean, that's what it was supposed to be. It was meant to be this photo op. It was all of that. But the fact that she had her hands behind her back like she was handcuffed and she (laughs) wasn't handcuffed, she probably... It almost makes me feel like, you know, when we teach about Martin Luther King and he writes the letter from a Birmingham jail, and what if he wasn't in prison? Like if he was just like in his bedroom, like that's kind of like, it's like she wrote the letter from a Birmingham, from a capital city jail cell. And she was just in her office, but she raises her hand. And then my second ice up to her is that somebody posted, I guess was managing her Twitter and on her Twitter account says AOC was arrested. It's like first I said, you need to stack an extra charge against this girl for talking about herself in the third person. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that she didn't write it. And I don't even really have a problem with the protest. I don't have a problem with them. But the fake arms behind the back gets the ice up. So, dude, we're going to tag team on this one because it was my ice up. And my thing is this. This is so performative. This is done purely for the performance of it all. By the way, who are you protesting? Aren't you a fucking congresswoman? Like, you're literally the people that you're protesting to change shit. (laughs) It's so asinine, dude. And uh, uh, another thing that that really fucking pisses me off about this, it's so easy for her to do this. But when real protesters get arrested... And they have to uh, uh, post bail and deal with like oh exci- uh, exciting a riot and bullshit like that. They don't get to get off with a slap on the hand and a fucking photo right, watch right, like right. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez used to do. Yeah, and by I'm the put way, up I used other to, view while you're talking I used about to like her, man. Like I used to be a fan that she was a bartender. She worked her way up. She was progressive. I was into her. But, dude, more and more, not only is she more and more a part of the Democratic elite, but it's, stuff like, it, but it's stuff like this. It's like, dude, are you actually fighting for progressive causes or are you just the new pretty face of the progressive movement? Because in these past few years, it seems like the latter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all for protesting, but it's so easy for her to do this while normal people this is a big deal if they get arrested for some shit like this. So right, this a hot right. tamale. It, it, it's well, embarrassing. It, it irritates me because it just shows the inequality of what is actually happening there. Right, like she's she's created this uh, environment where she looks like she's this incredible martyr. Right, which again, whatever purpose you have, I, I again, I have very little say or opinion on the matter of what they're dealing with. Right, I I don't think I have a right to say what my opinion is anyway because it doesn't really affect me. Um, yeah. so, but outside of that, like it, it is an interesting, interesting thought to have, uh, the politician do the things that like that normal human beings cannot do without having some sort of a, uh, link, lengthy criminal record potentially, uh, and, and to get a, well, I, I was thinking about it today when I heard about it, I'm like, I guarantee you, she just walks away with nothing. Oh like, yeah. Nothing. Does she have white privilege? Oh, she has, she has uh, oh my political God. privilege. How, how, uh, how about this? She has pretty privilege. I think. Sexy yeah. privilege. Mm-hmm. She she has, I think she that, has that video of that guy. 
going, oh, look at your sexy. I laughed. Dude, that was I, I laughed. I'm I sorry. Know. I know it's disrespectful. Laugh. You should not. Like, if it is. Like, but that also it is was, our world. Please <laughs> go watch the Bill Burr, the new Bill Burr special on Netflix. Please, uh, please, please. Because this guy good. says everything in life that I just. You got a ice up for us. Do you, do you, did, I can't remember if I had done this one yet. Did I do one that was like um, talking about the new law in Virginia about uh, unsolicited uh, sexual pictures? No, I don't think okay. we've Are heard that one. So, yeah, there is a new law in Virginia that just recently passed that makes it um, a suable offense to send dick pics to people. You know, you could be female or males. I mean, it, it's sexual sexual content, right? Right. Uh, new electronic pics. means. So text message, things like that. Um, it's it's now something that can be. They call can it sue. the Brett Favre law. Right. You can sue now if you get an unsolicited picture for at least $500 at most $500 I should say. And so like, I just want to, you know, I know this is going to be a simple and easy one. I'm just going to say ice up to all those guys who live in the world of just providing the like pictures of their dicks to random women unsolicited. Uh, Cause you guys are going to be having to pay for that content now. Um, so ice up boys. Ice up. We had, we had to actually That's show them to girls. We were That's the Brett Favre law, man. Brett Favre, when he was a quarterback of the Jets, <laughs> sent a dick pic to a Jets that, reporter, and it was mm-hmm. awesome. You know? And you know what? It's like uh, there's their white privilege. There you go. Went yeah. on and then that. But guess what? Deshaun Watson got dick privilege too, so it's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, all right, that's the C3 I Panthers podcast, uh, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Don't send. You dick pics unless you're ready to get sued. Exactly. Especially if you're in Virginia. Yes. yes. And don't send them to us. But you know what you can send us? A uh, thumbs up, a subscribe, mm-hmm. a like, a share, a call at 252-228-5098. And if you're oh so generous, there's ways to donate to the podcast via PayPal Cash App and Super Chats. My name's Tony Dunn. Follow me at cat underscore chronicles. Cody Lash, the man with more teeth today than probably uh, today. Yeah, really, than today, than the next few hours. Uh, yeah, man, find me on Twitter, starting shit with people like I'm ought to do, uh, at <laughs> Cody Lash, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I'm still doing stuff for Draft Tech, but this is the down season right now. Well, you know, that doesn't really start to pick up until, like, you know, it starts to get to be the end of the season. But, um, and yeah, and uh, if you would like to join this show, you can do it on Friday. In fact, every Friday at 7 p.m. for the C3 Friday Free For All. That's where you get to join the show, be a part of the action, join the show via StreamYard, mm-hmm. and you can come in and, uh, you know, have a great conversation. Yeah, the Friday free my balls. The and Friday- there's been a couple of people. In fact, Cody Lashley was a lobbyist for this Virginia law. As Green Dude, every Friday here. is a game of is somebody going to get their dick past Cody? And, <laughs> and I mean, I'm literally out that here needs to be the name of the show. 
He's on head the whole time. Dude, I'm literally out here. Touch him on the shoulder. Somebody comes up and puts their hand on their shoulder, like, hey, Cody, it's about. He's like, oh, shit. But the funny thing is, is the guys could just sit in the waiting room just with their dicks out, and Cody has to see it. Dude, dude, sometimes, like, I wonder if other people know this. That there's like hardcore porn in the background, and like no one knows about it other than the people that are just in the stream yard. Dude, it's crazy. I've been batting uh pretty damn good lately, though. No dicks. Oh, yeah. So I highly uh, suggest everybody come uh, be a part of the Friday free for all. Dude, <laughs> I'm an expert. I'm an expert. I'm an expert cock blocker now. Okay. <laughs> so come to the show. It's gonna be a good time, and uh, yeah, the C3 Friday free my balls, dude. Come hang out. All right, uh, or or restrain them balls. Uh, co- uh, CK, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Codizzle Allen on most social media platforms: the TikTokies, the Twitters, the Twitches, the uh, Facebooks, the YouTubes, all those locations. But uh, primarily here on the C3 Panthers uh, podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, we'll be seeing you guys next week to, uh, I guess, I don't think there's going to be any training camp by the time we have it. It'll just be the arrival. Yeah, Tuesday will be our final preview. We're going to have tomorrow night. Uh, um, gosh, why is my name? Uh, 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 Sh- uh, Sh- Shuler Sh- Callahan. Yeah, Shuler Sh- Callahan mm-hmm. from, uh, SI. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're like, yeah, tomorrow, like we'll be actually, at this rate, we'll still be streaming when they start practice uh, <laughs> from Tuesday to Wednesday. So, yeah, we'll check you guys out then. Uh, the stat baddie, the bat daddy, the man with the great, with the graphic eye. Uh, how can they get after you? Uh, you can find me at the bat daddy 52 on Twitter is my personal handle or check out my show live on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. We talk about all kinds of uh, streaming content, books, independent creators come on and talk about other contents fun time fantastic nerd out on friday nights i do uh and we all want to know how anybody's ever going to top the show the boys it's like probably mm-hmm. i mean that's like the dick pic of, House of the dragon next month all right, let's um, see. Talking, i know geez. you know i feel like the lord of the rings people if amazon didn't have the boys they would be pissed because they're put a billion dollars into the lord of the rings show is about to come out mm-hmm. they paid a billion a billion i think it was a billion dollars for the rights to that shit Dude, that shit and- better be awesome Amazon is putting out some really good stuff, dude. If you haven't yeah. checked that terminal list, if you haven't, I like that, it. Uh, it Reacher. got bad reviews. It gets oh, great towards the end. Great. Well, the thing Reacher is, it got bad list. reviews for the stupidest reasons. I've, I was reading it's not woke enough, essentially. Mm. <laughs> I thought the storyline got good in the last three, four episodes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I right. could see where they were talking about shoot them up, just type thing in the beginning. But yeah. Amazon, that's what happens when you have a bazillion. A yeah, but dude, I'm, I'm pumped for the uh, House of the Dragon, dude. That's, All right, that's, we'll see. That's it's, you know what? It's going to be tough because um, your show, uh, what was it? The Game of, Thrones. Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just hard to live up. Like, what you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like this. It's like, it's right. going to be like, it, I, I, it will, even if it's very, very good, it's still going to be difficult. 
to impress. Yeah, the and it's going to have a different feel to it. It's like the Targaryens the at the height of their power. It, it's Everything really is about casting. Cool. That's what it's oh, yeah. about. Is and that, I do like, think that they do have a good a, cast. If you make a show about the storyline, it can only keep you involved for so long. Yeah, you get tired, right? Game but when you become cast. invested in the cast, the character, character development—not the cast, but characters—then it can go on forever. The you just want to know about them. them. So, anyway, that's the C Three Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Tomorrow, tonight, tonight, beat check at eight p.m. Friday, free for all, and a lot more to come. Take us out of here, Cody. C Three Panther Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.